Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen and down the mountainside. The summer's gone and all the roses falling. Tis you, tis you must go and I must fly. That's right, we're the Simpsons Podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond and the new episodes when they air. Why do we do it this way? Well, you see, there's an entity known as the Wheel of Random that has cursed us to only watch those episodes. Because there's plenty of other podcasts out there that have discussed the glorious age, that being seasons 1 through 10, so we're here to see if any of those episodes can match those golden age. And when I say we, I don't do this alone. You see, I'm just one annoyed grunt boy named Craig. The other annoyed grunt boy with me is, as always, and shall ever be, is this one named... Steve. How are we doing this week? Doing all right. It's uh, smooth and sunny. That's how you would describe the weather, smooth and sunny. Yes. You'd be a great, I love it uh, when it's smooth out. You'd be a great uh, weatherman. Yeah. Sorry. Weather person. M- meteorologist. Sounds weather like supreme. <laughs> uh, Steve, good news. Uh, I finally saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, or is it uh, not into the across the, Spi- across the Spider-Verse? Uh, yeah, you go into the first time, and then you go across in the middle. And then later beyond. Right. What's the fourth movie going to be called? After. After the ver- Afterverse? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the way they're setting this up, uh, I didn't realize it was, I knew there was t- two movies, but in the spoilers, I didn't know this was going to end on just like a uh, cliffhanger. Yeah, I, 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 I've I, seen a lot of online criticism about that, about how like the movie does end on a cliffhanger and there's not a happy resolution. And to those people, I say, read a comic book. Right. Like, also, just so many comic books just end in, that's how story arcs go. And there was no uh, post credit scene, no tease. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got a lot of like, which is weird because I got a lot of uh, like Back to the Future Part 2 vibes from this uh, movie. And mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping, do you remember like when Back to the Future Part 2 ends, there was a fun like Back to the Future Part 3 teaser like in the movie, like after it ends, you got to, you saw little snippets of what was going on. I was kind of hoping like we were going to get uh, uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse like little uh, snippets, but you know, they're saving yeah. it. They're probably still working on it. You know, their hands are probably tired from all the drawing they got to do to mm-hmm. finish up the... Uh, finish up the movie it sounds to me like it's essentially going to be like a trilogy like the last the third movie probably will be the last one like they're not going to continue telling this story i think you're right yeah but look it's only coming out next march or march 2024 Mm -hmm. you might you're probably gonna have a repeat right because i know the fast x spoilers that also ends on a cliffhanger yeah so maybe we'll get uh, the next fast uh, 11 so 2024 would just be a rehash of 2023 maybe that's just all it's going to be now is just the same it's like groundhog's day but for movies every year like oh it's john wick oh it's new avengers new well if you look at it you know people always saying like all all they keep doing is remakes and and sequels and you know they used to do the serial movies of like buck rogers and uh you know 
those were all sequels. They were doing sequels before we think they were doing sequels. Like the the Wizard of Oz that we knew and know and love from 39 with uh, Judy Garland. That was like mm-hmm. the third <laughs> remake of, of with the story of Wizard of Oz. It's true. So this isn't new. We're kind of going back to like the idea of like these like serialized movies now to get people to come back to the theaters. You wanted to see what happened to Buck Rogers and or uh, Flash Gordon, Cap- Captain Marvel, and yeah, back in the the twenties and thirties. So this is cinema these days. We're it's it's not going anywhere. I'll be excited for Spider Man into darkness look they had all of those like fun spider-mans pop up do you think mm-hmm. they're saving like the big names like uh the i won't spoil anything but uh the biggest one of all i just teased it spider-man turn off the dark do you think we're oh. gonna get like uh george santos making an appearance as spider-man turn off the dark you know he is he was one of the uh, creators of it I, I hope so i hope he's like <laughs> the most bombastic spider-man we've ever seen <laughs> that'd be great if they they because they haven't referenced that spider-man uh, they mm-hmm. need to reference that spider-man like at least play a number from the show yeah uh, that'd be some fun stuff i am excited for it uh, i i agree with steve it was a fun movie i sat back relaxed watched it and uh i went to a theater that uh, served uh alcoholic beverages so i had a nice beer it was it was very fun a beer you say i did do you want to go to a beer corner i think we should <laughs> All right, Steve, what do you got for us this week? Well, Craig, in this episode, uh, spoiler, Mo turns the bar into an old time British pub. Fuck, you spoiled it for me. I'm leaving. I'm sorry, Craig. Well, I'm just the host now. (laughs) Welcome to the Annoyed Grunt Boy. I'm annoyed and I grunt. My name's Steve. Drink a beer. Okay, fine. Uh, So I have a classic pub ale. It's a Boddington's Pub Ale. Established in 1778, and so since 1778, when it was first brewed at the Strangeways Brewery in Manchester, Boddington's has been renowned as a unique pale gold ale. In English pubs, Paddington's is served using the traditional hand-pulled method, which mixes air with the cream as it pours, producing a distinctive creamy head and smooth body with a little gassiness, much like myself. I have a smooth head, creamy body, and a little gassiness. So this one has uh, it's a it's a sixteen ounce pint, a yellow can with a keg with uh, like an old wooden barrel rather with two uh, honeybees on it. Not very kid friendly, it's very adult. But this has can has one of those cool like little widget things like they have on um, Guinnesses, so it releases CO two as you open the can. So very satisfying pop open, and I'm gonna pour this into a glass. Great uh, kind of golden amber color, like oh the color of honey, I'd say maybe a little bit darker. Smells kind of sweet. Hmm. Ooh, it's a solid beer. Nice richness, nice sweetness, but very light, very creamy. Uh, the CO2 really kind of like aerates it and just make it dances on your tongue. Just a light, gentle beer. I want to be watching, you know, a football match or playing darts or something in like a dank British pub, wearing a cable knit sweater and saying the word cunt a lot. <laughs> um, and at a smooth drinking, like 4.7%. You can have a million of them. You'll be fine. This is a great beer. I like this one a lot. What have you got for us, Craig? Well, Steve, I thought uh, when I think of Moe's and the type of beverages he sells, like, you know, he's got the Duff. But Mm -hmm. Moe's the type of guy that's like serves a lot of like malt liquor. Mm -hmm. Moe's seems a place where you get like a malt liquor. 
And um, we know that uh, Homer likes to drive to Moe's and drink his beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with a, a beer that uh, is Deluxe Craft Malt Liquor from Silver City Brewery. Uh, and it's got a picture of a car on it. Okay. Homer drives a car. It's true. He does. Look, there's a scene where Homer's going to be driving a car and it, you can see him in the outline with the, uh, in the, in the, in the airplane. Uh, this is a 7% alcohol. And I guess if it's a malt liquor, uh, I don't know if I've really had like proper malt liquor. I don't know. Have I? Um, I mean, you probably had some beers that were qualified as malt beverages, but I um, yeah. can't really think of like mm, malt liquor. It just it's seems funny. like a, a mo thing to, to drink. Yeah. Like when I was in, well, we're, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were in high school, malt liquor was the thing that you got drunk on, like Mickey's or whatever. Because it was a bit more affordable and maybe a bit more potent. But I think with uh, Silver City, you know, they're kind of a more craft brewery. So, yeah, it makes me nervous because I don't think I would go to my way to buy like old E or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you bring it. Old English. They go to e, uh, English bar. And Malt there you there go. We go. <laughs> Connected. Done. Try to stop me now, Simpsons jerks. All right. So I don't know if I ever had a proper malt liquor. I mean, it smells like a beer. Wow, that's really good. Okay. I was, I, for some reason, I was just ex- expecting, like, uh, as I like to call it, skanky beer. Mm-hmm. Not at all. This is, like, smooth. This is, I get the maltiness aftertaste, but it takes about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's a delight, like, going down. Like, um, I get kind of like a pear flavor, mm. like initial flavor. There's no description on the, uh, the can, except for if I'm pregnant, I shouldn't be drinking. Which, Steve, I got some news for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just fat. Oh. Yeah. Um, and with 7% alcohol, I can do a couple of these and then I won't realize I'm drunk until like, oh, shit, I had four. <laughs> these go down smooth. Um, it's a cool. Look. This looks like a can like this can is like perfect for that, like a boomer that has like um, loves classic cars or just has like his own like shop in the back or like his garage. Like he's got like an old jukebox. He's got you, you can see this character. He maybe wears like mm-hmm. a um, like a bowling shirt, has like a goatee. Yeah. Maybe wears like a, a newsboy cap sometimes. Also, maybe makes his own craft brews. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, he's living the good life. You know, doesn't talk politics, religion, just a jovial kind of guy. Yeah. He's just a guy at the end of the bar. You just see him. You're like, hey, Dave. And he's like, yeah. hey. Yeah. Uh, that's that's who this beer is for. I like it. Cheers to all of this and uh, tasty beers. All right, Steve. <laughs> Let's hop into my time machine and uh, go back to the year 2005 to uh, see uh, what uh, what was popular when this uh, episode aired. So, Steve, what was the number one movie in the box office? Uh, Well, Craig, it was Hide and Seek, um, which is, as we all know, the hit film starring Robert De Niro and Dakota Fanning. Robert the Money? Yes, Robert the Money. And Dakota V. Fanning. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Um, I'm here on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and we got a 12 percent out of 156 Ooh. reviews and a 50 50 percent audience. Uh, I've I had to look it up because I'm not familiar with this movie. So uh, I I think that it is so that the logline is as a widower tries to piece together his life in the wake of his wife's suicide, his daughter finds solace at first in her imaginary friend. So I think it's kind of a horror movie it, or a thriller. It's just funny to see Robert De Niro with like a very young Dakota Fanning. Like he's like way too old to be a dad at this point. 
with like yeah. this very young Dakota Fanny. I don't buy it. I don't see Robert De Niro being a father in 2005 to a very young child. That's right. Just, I mean, like, she should be his grandfather, if anything. Yeah. At a certain point, you got to just take a look at your life and be like, maybe I'm a little old for having kids. Sorry. Sorry. Our producer's handing Steve a note. What, what, what is that? Robert De Niro pregnant with child. Dakota Fanning mother. What? Isn't Dakota Fanning like 43 now? Yeah. No, they're not. They're not having a kid together. But yeah, even then, it just looks weird. I wonder if that was one of the reviews, like Rob De Niro playing the father to a young Dakota Fanning. <laughs> I mean, he should be really the grandfather. <laughs> yeah, the bad grandfather. <laughs> Do dirty, we, uh, wait, oh, dirty, grandfather. dirty or bad? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, F- uh, Famig Jansen's in it. Uh, Elizabeth Shue, Amy Irving, Dylan Baker. Some some heavy hitters there. Sure. I mean, like well known people. Uh, Melissa Leo. That's about all the other names I know. Don't tell me Famig Jansen was like the mom, like way out of. <laughs> oh, she has a different last name. I don't see. Oh no, Amy Irving played the mother, so she's the one who killed herself. Not Amy, okay. Irving, the act, no, the character. Right, right. Uh, you might remember Amy Irving from uh, many of films, such as. Mm-hmm. She was in the That's original a... Carrie. Uh, uh, she's in Traffic. She was in uh, Tuck Everlasting. I swear I've seen her more than what I'm just looking at IMDb. Like, what's the what? She was in The Good Wife. It was just a, come on, I, you know, we've seen Amy Irving and other things. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it just Carrie? Is that all we can think of as far as her role in Carrie? Uh, she's in two episodes of Happy Days. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, The Rage, Carrie 2? Oh, you know what it is. She was originally married to Spielberg. Oh. That's how, sorry. That makes sense, yeah. Take her accomplishments to being the... Uh, Married to one of the biggest directors of all time. I know that's not, uh, but that's how we know her name. So she was Spielberg's like first uh, wife. Mm-hmm. His wife. His wife. Uh, well, Craig, uh, well, we were clearly not watching Hide and Seek because <laughs> this is the first time ever hearing about it. Uh, what were we listening to on our portable MP3 players? Well, Steve, we were listening to It's a Him, Mario. That's right. Chris Pratt was a singer back then. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artist known as Mario with uh, Let Me Love You. If I was your man, baby, you never worry about what I do. I be coming home back to you every night, doing you right. You're the type of woman to serve good things. This for the diamonds, a head full of rain. Baby, you're a star. I just want to show you you are. You should let me love you. Let me be the one to give you everything you want and need. Steve, what should hmm. uh, you make me do? Let me do what? <laughs> love you. Okay. Uh, I have no recollection of this song. Was this no. also in the, the credits for Hide and Seek? I think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's just to me, here's my review. It's a very uh, nice love song. You know, nothing too groundbreaking. I'm not even yeah. familiar with Mario. I think you wear his uh, red suspenders. No, no, we already did the Mario joke. You can't do it. Fine, fine. Yeah. He uh, is a chef who is a pervert. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go with uh, Lopez. Oh, uh, he has no personality and he's on Access Hollywood. He's got a great bod. Yeah, he loves to dance. Uh, see, what are your, what's your review on this song? It sounds like a parody of the song that it actually is. Well, there's it, that uh, little like border, 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 that sounds like it's sampling from something that sounds familiar. There's yeah. This, I don't know what it is, but I've heard that. Um, I mean, oh, oh, what's love got to do with it? Yes, it is. Ah, oh, wow. I got it, though. But that's good. I'll just say that when this song came out, I was not in this kind of scene. And so um, old man me is probably never going to like 
seek this song out. Um, but I think it's fine for what it is. It's just feels very, I would say generic, but, uh, you know, all more power to you, Mario. Look, we not, not may the, uh, the fan base for this, uh, but look, if you go through the YouTube comments, there's a lot of people here that like the song. Look, Brianna 10 months ago, even said when I'm stressed wow. out, I listen to this song. Wow. So, I mean, look, it helps people. Yeah. And, uh, Brianna, I'm glad that you can find solace in Mario's song. Let me love you. Uh, you know, Ruby K posted this a month ago and she's got a point she says lovely song i like the way he didn't oversing it. it i'm nervous about singers oversinging their songs that's true i hate it when the song's oversung uh-huh yeah and, and look uh jim jamal three weeks ago even told us that we listened to this one but we should have really listened to the enhanced version because this is the anniversary edition with his matured voice sounds even superior so no. i think we're listening to the wrong one wow I didn't know that Mario had such a pro- prolific career. Yeah, but uh, sadly, I-, I feel bad for a JWN154 from six months ago. He says, I miss my ex-baby girl so much. I'm sick. I used to sing this to her all the time. We would go back and forth. Oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. JWN. If you need anyone to talk to, just go ahead and uh, contact us at 138 at gmail.com or yeah. click on our... Uh, voicemail go to anchor.fm slash one three eight simpsons and we'll we'll help you through you can be uh we'll talk about the song and uh, we'll help you get through uh your uh, breakup i know six yeah. months ago you're probably still pining over your ex-baby let us love you yes <laughs> just like we love the simpsons speaking of which steve uh this episode which of course aired january 30th 2005 entitled mommy beerist when marge discovers homer has remortgaged the house to help moe's bar she takes over as landlady mm. little does homer know moe and marge are a match made in pub heaven oh steve you think uh this is it for the simpsons <laughs> that uh homer's gonna be oust as uh the simpsons clan and moe's gonna be the new daddy that may be the case we don't know this was uh before the simpsons movie and we know we've seen the simpsons movie so i don't think i don't think that's gonna happen maybe not but maybe something life-changing will change and yeah do we even need to watch this episode i mean we gotta fill an hour and some change so probably should i think we have to fill in two hours (laughs) oh yeah that's right all right (laughs) steve let me love my beer and then come back and uh watch the episode sounds good we'll be right back this place is a diamond but it's trapped in the rough yeah well the sign still says mo so enough of your guff here's my new idea to sell both beer and grub we will turn this filthy dive into a proper old-time british pub a british war And we're back today. We're talking about Mommy Beerist, the seventh episode of the 16th season. Originally aired January 30th, 2005. It's episode 342 in the show's run. The nerd code is GABF01, written by Michael Price, directed by Mark Kirkland, and the showrunner is Al Jean. All righty, Michael Price. This is our fourth episode that we reviewed. He's written 25 in total. Uh, we've also reviewed uh, Funeral for a Fiend, our episode 110. Uh, we've got Meat is Murder, episode 172, and Hostile Kirk Place from last season, uh, which we did back on your birthday, Craig, in March. Um, aside from The Simpsons, Michael Price has also written for Ah, Real Monsters, Homeboys in Outer Space, uh, The PJs, the Hercules animated series, Buzz Lightyear, the animated series, Teacher's Pet, The Simpsons Movie, and... Uh, F is for family, just to name a few. Looking at the production code, this was a GABF01. So this is the first episode to be produced probably for 2000, probably in 2004, maybe. Yeah. This yeah. was 2005. This could have been the season premiere for 2000. 
or uh, season 16. Interesting. It feels, I don't know if it would be, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to jump ahead of things, but I don't know if it feels like season premiere epicness, but. The Simpsons are back with an all new season, starting off with Marge owning Moe's. What? And Bart and Lisa take a trip around the world. Catch an all new <laughs> Simpsons at 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central Time. After an all new Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> In which Malcolm gets behind the wheel of a car and becomes a race car driver. <laughs> and the father decides to uh, cook meth and fanabine. And the mom becomes a judge sometimes. <laughs> and then there's other two kids. And the oldest kid's brother goes to jail for rape. Wait, so if Danny Masterson, I'm not making light of this, you know. Uh, right. Dating this episode, but uh, Danny Masterson, uh, actor charged with uh, uh, all these accounts of, of rape, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's part of that, is then his other brothers, like, are they part of the Scientology? And are they also shitbags like him? I would hope not, but it seems plausible. I mean, look, I'm still holding hope out for, like, a Malcolm in the Middle reunion. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have uh, the other Masterson kid or... But, uh, you know, maybe uh, those recast him with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. They kind of looked alike, right? I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're not here talking about Malcolm. We're here talking about The Simpsons and, of course, Michael Price. Uh, yeah. A hostile Kirk place. That was uh, was that the one uh, this last season that uh, Kirk was kind of uh, like a, a yeah. Karen type of guy or a real uh, Jay a Q- Johnston, a, a QAnon kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I hope. I hope Kirk's okay these days. Me too. Um, but in happier news, well, not happier news, in different news, uh, this episode was dedicated to the memory of Johnny Carson, who uh, died a week before this episode aired. Wow. And of course, Carson uh, guest starred in Krusty Gets Cancelled. I always forget, like, after he retired from The Tonight Show in 92, mm-hmm. I want to say like May 19th, maybe, I don't know off the top of my head, I can't think, but uh, it's probably somewhere around there. They're like, yeah, he just lived his life until 2005, like... Pretty right. good run of like retirement, but also thinking like, man, that sucks <laughs> to retire and be like, and eh, I got 20 years, then I'm dead. Yeah. I mean, then he could finally golf like a real person and not just pretend to. <laughs> you know, speaking of retiring, like Brian Cranston and, uh, uh, you know, Malcolm Middle, Brian Cranston, I think he announced that he's going to be done like 2025 of oh, acting. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And there's a few guys who who said it and they've done it. Like uh, Gene Hackman, he yeah. retired, became an author. He's still like 93, by all accounts, like living a good life. Mm-hmm. Sucks that Welcome to Mooseport was your last movie. I know. We'll never get a sequel. Never get to expand into the Mooseport universe. <laughs> but luckily on this show, we have the other star, Ray Romano. Ray, welcome down. To hey, <laughs> welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> and then uh, who else? We got uh, Jack Nicholson, who, who makes an appearance later in this episode. He's retired. That's right. <laughs> Showing up at uh, Lakers games, looking like Jack. Jack and a half, kind of. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it. Is that the only people that retire from acting? Um, Sean Connery. Yeah, he he lived a good life. You know, he was at Wimbledon every year. And yeah, again, his last movie was, well, last live action was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Which also plays into this episode, weirdly. Look, all we're saying is uh, R.E.P. Mr. Carson. Yes. Although he would from time to time, I guess, write jokes for uh, Letterman. Oh, that's fun. And I guess the, the last speaking Carson thing on TV was The Simpsons. Yeah. Because they aired the episode after he retired. Mm-hmm. But he had recorded it before he retired. So, you know, there's some wiggle room there. But I think his last live action appearance was on a Letterman where he brought out the top 10 list. I think I do remember that. Yeah. But he did not speak. He just went out, gave him the list, waved, went mm-hmm. away. All right. Now that we got all of this out of the way, 
We just want everyone to know that Michael Price, the writer of this episode, did get a WGA award for this episode. Yes. 2006. Oh, only like a couple more years and there's going to be that WGA strike. Mm -hmm. Thank God that hasn't happened since. I know. We'll never have to deal with that again. (laughs) But it marks the third year in a row for a Simpsons episode to win the award. Kind of feel like they couldn't lose, though. Well, we had uh, Family Guy in South Park. Probably the only... Oh, King of Hill was still on the air, wasn't it, in 2005? But the only nominees were other Simpsons episodes. Oh, were they? Which ones? Uh, There's something about marrying the uh, girl who slept too little, the father, the son, and the holy guest star. Have we... We haven't reviewed any of those episodes. No. You know, what we should do is, is... Remember this, and then when we get to those episodes, yeah, to see which of the three we think deserved the award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see if this one is worthy of own award. So, okay, should we just get on to the episode then? Yeah, we'll start with the couch gag in which the living room is made entirely of sand. The family, dehydrated and in tattered clothing, crawl to the couch. As they sit, the entire room collapses, revealing a bright, shining sun beating down on them. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's begin with the episode. Uh, Look, we just had a couch gag. There's no chalkboard. Mm -mm. So it just begins as every episode of Simpsons does on Sunday because it's a deluxe Sunday brunch. It's a, you know, brunch. It's breakfast with booze. Yeah. I mean, if you do it correctly, every breakfast can be booze and not brunch. It's true. (laughs) Lunch dinner it all deserves the booze uh so inside there are trays of food and uh, ice sculptures that spell out uh, the word classy <laughs> and even a buffet inside the uh, grand piano and of course the simpsons are there celebrating the fact that homer has finally paid off their mortgage Woo! homer burns a piece of paper saying see you in hell document as the family cheers <laughs> probably not yeah. a smart idea to burn that document <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I'm, I'm kind of feeling, Steve, that, uh, you know, a lot of times the Simpsons episodes, like the, the beginning of the episode, you know, will segue into the story. But uh, just right off the bat, this this mortgage bit's going to pay off soon. I hope so, because I just don't want 22 minutes of buffet. Actually, that would be kind of fun. I would like 22 minutes of buffet, the uh, spinoff of <laughs> Friends. Yeah. yeah. The lesser known where she becomes a psychic in North Dakota. Well, they could have just said, uh, well, it's what if, you know, she was twins, Ursula Mm -hmm. and Phoebe. But what if like, oh, no, we're actually triplets. And it's the third buffet sister that they don't talk about. And I like the ESP thing. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's fun, though. Yeah. Uh, When we're going to do our uh, Joey podcast. (laughs) We'll get to it on our Patreon. Okay. (laughs) Is is, Uh, can you find Joey anywhere streaming? I know the Friends is on Max. Right. I wonder. Are they Joey. just too ashamed to 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 show Joey anywhere? It's probably on like Crackle or something. <laughs> Tubi. It is. Uh, you can rent it or buy it on Amazon. Well, they want to, or... they want you to pay for that shit. Yeah, you can get the complete first season on DVD for twenty four ninety seven. It's a lot of twenty four ninety sevens. I don't want to give away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I do that podcast, but there is one podcast I've always kind of wanted to do. Hmm. A limited podcast. I don't know if I even discussed this with you, but uh, I'd want it to be like an in-depth and also get some of the actors maybe to guest on it, you know, for episodes. But I kind of want to do a Save by the Bell, wait for it, the new class podcast. Oh, wow. Again, very hard to find those episodes. I don't know if they're streaming anywhere. You probably could find them on YouTube. Probably. Maybe maybe torrent sites. I know there's DVDs, but they're pretty expensive. A lot of the uh, other seasons. Um, I would like to do an in-depth analysis podcast of Save by the Bell, the new class. Now, I've maybe seen the first season when I it first aired mm-hmm. as a kid. And I was oh, like, wow, this is crap. <laughs> How many episodes of, oh my God, 
Okay, so how many episodes of Saved by the Bell, the new class, do you think there are? And also, if you want, I can tell you how many episodes of the original there were. Well, I know that the new class uh, ran longer than the original series and probably college years combined. So I think it's like six or seven seasons of the new class. And I'm going to say there's probably about maybe 70 episodes of the original series, including Miss Bliss, 70 to 80. Okay, so so you're right. There were 86 of the OG series. Does that include just does not include uh, 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 college years, right? No, there were 19 episodes of the college. Okay. So, and then I think the it's probably like 175 of the new class. Uh, well, 143. Okay. And it ran up until the year 2000, which is bonkers, right? Yeah. yeah. We had graduated uh, high school by then. Yeah. So, um, there's, there's, is, I mean, is that a Patreon exclusive? I think it's more like a side project. Uh, yeah, I think so. Just to do a deep dive. And the idea of, of the podcast, too, I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have to watch the episode because it'd be like mm-hmm. in depth, like talking about everything that happens. It, you know, it's kind of right. like this episode where I think people will listen to us not having to watch an episode, but like, okay, now I got to get check this out, especially if it's, yeah. Good. And then they watch, and like, no, this episode sucks. These guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> also, this show sucks, too. That's what I was talking about. This the show. Oh us, yeah, us, no, yeah. I mean, Save the Bell and us. We both suck. Oh yeah. Oh god, I just I I don't have like a, a like a love of because I know the um, comedian uh, April Rich had a, right. April Rich was uh, a fan of 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 Save by the Bell and the, she had a podcast for a while. You know, did all recaps and everything. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think this would be a fun a fun venture to do. How many episodes? One hundred forty nine. 143, which is interesting to do a show that, like, while I've seen some of it, I really have very little memory of it. Right. Like, I pretty much only remember that Belding and Screech are in it. But they're not, like, Screech isn't in it until, like, season two or three. Right, and he becomes, like, a assistant principal or... Yeah, and I just remember, because I remember the first season, they were just like, all right, let's just literally do the same characters, mm-hmm. but different names, yeah. different characters, but the same type. Like, they even had a Screech guy, and I think his name was, like, Weasel. <laughs> he even looked like a Dustin Diamond. Like, like you order Dustin Diamond off of Wish, and this is the Dustin Diamond you get. <laughs> so I would, and there, there was some big name, uh, not, you know, some well known people that started off in that show and then became like more and more, you know, famous too. Uh, I can't mm. think of their names, but, I, you know, you see them in other shows. Yeah. And then remember, there was also like California Dreams that was like a, not a spinoff, but it was just the same, like, Type of the, yeah. well, yeah, it's another Peter Engel produced yeah. show, but they were in a band, yeah, but they and, still was like Southern California, yeah, and it's basically the same thing. It was like something to fill that hour on a Saturday morning, yeah, but I never watched it. It was like the same thing by the bell. Sometimes I'd watch it because it felt like the more like <laughs> underground one, just because it was less popular. So I thought, right, maybe it's cooler because people don't like it, <laughs> and and no one did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't see Saved by or California. Is it California Dreams or California Dreaming? California Dreams. You don't see anyone doing a podcast about that or having pop up restaurants. Maybe that's our goal. Um, Maybe that's our ticket to fame and fortune. <laughs> I, I'm sticking with Saved by the Bell, the new class. But in the meantime, let's, let's get back to the substance. Okay. So uh, Homer uh, then is, they're still at the buffet. Um, Homer then offers some advice on how to approach the buffet. Eat fancy and don't let them fill you up with uh, cheap stuff. He then says, screw you to a man offering him a roll and pushes a guy who offers oatmeal and then proceeds to gorge on smoked salmon, shrimp, and crab legs. Yum, yum. He's stuffed to the brim, and he struggles to uh, fit one last shrimp into his mouth as it keeps popping out. Meanwhile, at the uh, carving table, 
Bart taunts the meat carver Tommy from Virginia Beach, telling him to cut the roast thinner and thinner until it's too thin. And I just thought that he was talking about his favorite Stephen King film starring uh, Joe Montana, Thinner. Uh, <laughs> just, just the Homer being uh, pushing the guy. Yeah. Really funny. <laughs> so at the table, Bart folds a pancake into a tube's shape and uses it as a, a dart gun, blasting his sausage, not, not his penis, but the breakfast sausage, into Lisa's gaping mouth. Uh, he mocks her for uh, eating meat. And then uh, Paul McCartney saw this and turned it off. <laughs> like, they promised me she would have eaten meat. What a and bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, soy shit. Anyways, uh, she then uh, mocks. So then she does the same thing. and with a, But with a spoon flinging a strawberry into Bart's mouth. And then she mocks him for eating fruit. Which is weird. Like the one fruit that like, I feel like strawberry is like universally loved. Is there people that don't yeah. like a strawberry? I'm sure there is, but. But it seems like a pretty popular of the fruits. Right. Hmm. Well, Bart just doesn't like strawberries. Hmm. I, I'm sure he's seen him eat strawberries before. Yeah. He probably likes like strawberry flavored candies that are, you know, with artificial flavoring. Mm-hmm. Also, technically, he's eating shrimp in this. And I think canonically, he's allergic to shrimp, but I didn't oh, feel right. like it's a yeah. blunder or anything. I just think, right. figure, whatever. So then uh, a food fight ensues, and Marge tries to stop it uh, to avoid uh, causing a ruckus. But unfortunately, when she yells, stop making a scene, the whole restaurant looks at the Simpsons table. And Mayor Quimby is annoyed that he can't enjoy a peaceful brunch with his uh, secret other family. Uh, Homer's never been more embarrassed than storms off, saying he'll see everyone at Lupper, which, of course, is uh, dinner and uh, or lunch and, and supper. Mm-hmm. As he leaves there, he decides to go drown his sorrows in the dark dankness that is, of course, Moe's Tavern. Why did I ever have kids? I could have written symphonies or been Shakespeare. Oh. Here, Homer. Have a big frosty mugger. Forget about it. I wouldn't drink that. From the looks of this place, it might kill you. Oh, who are you? The health inspector? Yes. Ah! My God, look at this filth. How to close this dump down for good. Huh? But then where would I go to get away from my wife? Come here, Mo, you beautiful, hideous troll. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is Frankie from the health department. We go way back. Lenny, you don't have to hide that rat. Off you go, little fella. When we were kids, our dads used to get drunk and make us fight each other. Huh? Huh? <laughs> My pop would buy me a molded for every tooth of Moe's I knocked out. That time you blinded me, he gave you a bike. That sure was a good sounding bike. I was listening to the uh, audio commentary on the uh, DVD set, and they mentioned, like, all right, well, we wanted to have an explanation of why Moe's has never been closed down. That's because he was friends with the health inspector. Okay. That makes sense. We, I don't think we needed an explanation. Yeah, I never was up at night being like, why haven't they shut down Moe's yet? But now we know. Uh, also, the uh, animation of Lenny <laughs> with uh, <laughs> hiding the rat in his mouth. Rat. Yeah, <laughs> I think the line <laughs> that sure was a good sounding bike. I don't know. It's just is very funny to me. <laughs> Guess he was blind. It's just that's bad. It, it's good writing. Freaky then goes on to work on his thorough inspection, flicking off cockroaches from his clipboard and checking off a box saying that the bar is free from infestation. He then checks for sanitary utensils, picking up a corkscrew with a punctured ear on it. Next, he looks to see if the food is hygienically stored by trying one of Moe's pickled eggs. He reaches into the jar, grabs an egg, takes a bite, and then after gagging and struggling to breathe, Frankie falls to the ground, dead. Suddenly, I, <laughs> I was getting real tired of Frankie. <laughs> yeah, you had your favorite. 15 seconds. <laughs> 
not my favorite character, you know, as a kid. I'm like, why is he on the show? Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't even have an action figure. He's not even on Tapped Out. No. He wouldn't even have enough lines to be like, when he completed a task, he'd be like, now to give this place a thorough inspection. <laughs> I don't even think that he was in any of the uh, Bongo comics from the 90s. There was that one issue where it was Inspector Comic Gadget, <laughs> where he just went into a radio shack and played with the toys. Oh, it, was right, a, it was a horrible issue, but it was it was just the the annual. Yeah, no one likes filler. No, why do I got to read sixty pages of story I don't care about? It's not setting anything up. No, it's just all throwaway. <laughs> Stupid. It's just the writers, you know, indulging themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so suddenly, Chief Wiggum bursts in, looking for the person who parked in front of the fire hydrant. The police chief slowly assesses the situation and sees a dead body and slowly backs away, hoping to avoid trouble. He throws several hundred dollars at Moe's and the gang, and then he speeds off. I, I like the idea of a cop being like, oh, I don't want any part of this scene, man. I'm a, I'm out of here. Well, it's funny because, you know, it's 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 uh Wiggum, you know the joke is that he should be arresting them but right so deep down i think Wiggum just doesn't want to have to file paperwork and do mm-hmm. his job <laughs> right a very fun scene with Wiggum. Uh, so then we get a, a one week later on the uh good old tv there a little cry on there and says uh there's a new health inspector going to arrive at most and sees quite a bit of a squalor and fill and mo asks if everything is a hunky dory but the inspector knows that the tavern is rife with health code violations Started with the fact that his predecessor, Frankie, is still lying dead on the floor. <laughs> Mo blames the fact that the trash day ain't till Wednesday, but that's not all. So if this is like a week later. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that, that Frankie would have died probably on the Wednesday? Yeah, or maybe even so, Thursday. So he, died on thir- he died on a Thursday. Yeah, or maybe yeah Wednesday afternoon after the trash had already been picked up. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Because as you know, health inspectors always arrive when the trash has been picked up. Exactly. They... They actually, that's how they do it. They drive behind trash trucks and like, oh, there's how a restaurant. Do you, how do you get that job, by the way? Like health uh, safety inspector? I don't know. Because honestly, I kind of wouldn't mind that gig. You would be very good at that job. I think so. I think so. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but like when we had like health inspections at the old pizza place, like I was pretty diligent, like making yeah. sure everything was like tip top. And we like, I think maybe the lowest score I ever got was like a, maybe like a 97 or something like that. We were yeah, always, which like, is great. Flying colors. Yeah. I think you would be great at it. And I hate it when um, like in my various jobs in the food industry, like people demonize the inspector or whatever. Like they're never like trying to like play, play gotcha. They're normally pretty straightforward with you. Right. And I don't know. So, I, I, I've never had a problem. Like I, I know my, my, my safety and like my, my food stuff. And, you know, if I go into, I mean, I'm also, you know, well-versed in all the uh, John Taffer, like bar rescues. And right. Right. Kitchen health things. So I, I know what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get grossed out when I see people put food products on the bottom, like on the floor in the water. Oh, like, what are yeah. you doing? No. I don't care if it's in a container. Doesn't matter. Like there's certain things. Yeah. I mean, but no, everything should be off the floor. Mm-hmm. That's what milk crates are for. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if anyone knows how to be a, a food inspector for restaurants, uh, let me know at 138simpsons at gmail.com. Okay. Um, if you just give me a job, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preferably in the Pet- Portland uh, metro area. I don't want to drive to Des Moines, Iowa every day. Yeah, it's a hell of a commute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough on the old uh, legs. <laughs> You're walking. Wow. Yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of uh, walking lately. I figured good. get some energy or exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other job I want is strictly uh, undercover traffic patrolmen. Okay. Specifically, just people who drive like assholes. I want to pull them over. And then, 
either give them a ticket or shoot them in the face. You can be like a vigilante superhero who only <laughs> deals with health health code violations and poor traffic. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to deal with like domestic disputes or right. I don't want any jobs like having to like, you know, calm down protesters or I don't want to get political with it. I just want to be like, if you drive like an asshole, you're going to get uh, in trouble from me. Mm -hmm. Fine. I won't take someone's life because of their driving. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for being an American and, uh, you know, our rights and all that stuff and our freedoms. Mm -hmm. but if you have a car and you're behind the wheel, that's not a freedom. That's a privilege. That's right. And I'm the law. Damn it. I am the law. I'm the law. <laughs> I just like just because like the other day I just saw like some teenagers just like driving like erratically and I'm like mm -hmm. these motherfuckers have like no idea of like you know that teenage brain is like I'm indestructible and right it's just, like you're not and you're putting a lot of your lives and then like the risk of other people's lives like the car is not a thing of pleasure <laughs> what am I trying to say it's it's such a privilege right it's a right. tool not like just yeah. yeah yeah I agree completely I mean, I probably said on the podcast like a few months ago, my dad's uh, car was totaled in a parking lot because kids were just doing cookies in like an, a parking lot. Mm -hmm. And they hit his car and they totaled it. Yeah. My wife's car got totaled just sitting parked car. Somebody just like was speeding and ran into it. And then, you know, a few months ago, I think I mentioned on the podcast, but somebody was driving erratically hit a truck and then flipped over upside down. So, yeah, people need to be better about how they drive. Were they were they teenagers? Probably, yeah. Good, good. We're yeah. just, we're just very anti-teenager on this podcast. Unless of you're course. a teenager listening to this podcast and right. uh, drive safely, kids. Yeah. 10 and, and 2, buckle up. Tell your friends to listen to this podcast while you guys are cruising down Main Street. <laughs> I think according to our analytics, like most of our audience is uh, between 18 and 22. Oh, fuck. Okay, that's good. All yeah. Right. Um, which, uh. That's the age group that I'm scared of the most. <laughs> I'm afraid they're going to like shank me or something. <laughs> yeah. 31% of our viewers are 18 to 22. We love our listeners that are 18 to 22. Yeah. Because you're the smart ones. You're not going around right. uh, being a dick. Yeah. Or, but you, or a vagina. I don't know. 13% uh, that are zero to 17. We're watching you. <laughs> Especially you three-year-olds who are listening to us. Oh boy. I'm not watching you. <laughs> I'm not watching you. Okay, good. Just taping you. Oh. Ugh. Look, yeah, I could go into the whole theory of why uh, humans are more uh, not afraid of injuries and death now, but uh, I don't want to because it'll be another two hours. It's very okay. interesting. It's all about safety and how we've made things safer. And, uh, you know, years ago, we weren't all protected. So we have a false sense of security now. Exactly. Yeah. So just look at football players. I mean, they have so much padding and safety, and now you can just hit a motherfucker as hard as you want, but now it's going to cause brain damage, even with mm -hmm. all the padding. 50 years ago, we football players weren't wearing pads, so they weren't hitting as hard because they knew the dangers. It's true. Now we just seem indestructible, and cars now are built more safe, and you see car accidents, a lot of people walk away not injured. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you can still die from that. Uh, kids, just be safe, all right? Remember, there's other people on the road. And That's remember... Fair. Frankie's still lying there dead. <laughs> but here's my favorite part of this little scene here with the new inspector is, uh, uh, well, besides we get uh, uh, some chicken skins in the soap dispenser, which, you know, is a fun visual of whole chicken. It's, it's fun, right? And cigarette butts that are in the air <laughs> floating over the little air vent, right? But the best one is a toilet on the roof. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, the joke is hilarious and I can forgive like 
it's never been there before, but for the sight gag, yeah. this was very funny. I just love the idea that there's a toilet on the roof. The inspector has no choice but to shut Moe's down until the violations, of course, are fixed. Mo says he can't afford to fix all the issues, so the bar has to be closed down. So a frustrated Mo just then decides to go to the restroom upstairs, holding a little toilet paper roll in his mouth. So he's got to take a number two. Yeah, of course, he doesn't like uh, toilet paper in the mouth. Especially well, used toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, new or used, I'm, I'm, I'm good without it. Ugh, ugh. But we know he's up there taking a number two. Or he might be masturbating. Sure. Um, so a sign is posted that saying that Mo is closed by order of the Springfield Board of Health, and the door is padlocked and shut. So a, vir- a vigil is formed uh, with Mo, Barney, Lenny, Carl, Homer, Barflies, Sam, and Larry, all in suits, wearing uh, black armbands commemorating their now-closed drinking hole. As Barney sings a solemn rendition of Danny Boy, other Springfieldians play their respects, such as Jasper Beardsley, Nelson Muntz, Duffman, Surly the Beer Bottle Mascot, the Leprechaun, and Dr. Nick Riviera. Duffman does some sad groin thrusts, and uh, Surly tips his bottle cap, pouring some out for his lost bar homie. Homer then offers a poem, which he wrote on his hand. Moe's a tribute. M is for Moe, the owner of Moe's. O is for the O in the middle of Moe's. E is for acceptance, the feeling I always got here at Moe's. Oh, Mo! don't let him close you down. Oh, it's too late. I don't have the cash to clean up the bar. From now on, you guys are just going to have to do your drinking across the street. Hey, a beer's a beer. Oh, I can't go to a gay bar. I'm too fat. Mo, I'm going to help you reopen your bar no matter what it takes. Mr. Simpson, for a loan this big, you'll have to put up your house as collateral. Put up my house? But I just paid it off. What would Marge say? Do whatever you have to do to save Moe's. I love my homie. Okay, honey, I'll do it. What's going on here? Nothing, nothing. That's what Moe's doing when he's imagining Marge. Nothing. (laughs) He says nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it's weird that Homer is thinking about (laughs) Moe dressed as his wife like that's like a fantasy that he's had before look i've always said it before the uh, thought bubbles in the simpsons have always been top notch and this was great yeah the fact that just the, the in-depth of like well mo would probably have like a uh, masking tape holding up a wig <laughs> he wouldn't shave his chest so uh mm-hmm. and then marge would come in and argue <laughs> it's very fun um also the gay bar across the street is the league of extra horny gentlemen and this is the first appearance of said bar and you can get that bar on tapped out that's right <laughs> and look i've always said this uh you know guys out there if you're like so like uh maybe not homophobic but like so like worried about going to a gay bar i guess this, in this day and age it's probably because it's not nothing but like gay bars are probably the better ones because they have like really good deals on drinks yeah <laughs> we used to go to one like on wednesday oh, it was like man. dollar dollar like well cocktails you get real drunk for real cheap because also, gay bartenders have heavy hands. Like, they they make big pours. Yeah, like you just get, like, a, a vodka soda for, like, a buck. And it'd be mostly vodka. Yeah, you wouldn't, I mean, you couldn't get, like, a three-ingredient cocktail for that price. But it's just, right. like, a gin and tonic, vodka sodas, rum and Cokes, all, like, a dollar. Was it a dollar or a dollar fifty? I think it was, like, a dollar. I, I think it was a dollar. Because I'd usually tip pretty well just because, you know. And that's but the still, point. yeah. Yeah, but, like, I, I normally, like, throw down a five for every drink. And, you know and uh, yeah, still never got hit on. <laughs> <laughs> I 
yeah. that's when I, yeah. that was the that was the one I looked the best too. Mm-hmm. And I was if you were the term metrosexual. Oh yeah, that was like the style. Like I was metrosexual. Like guess uh, I wasn't twinky enough. <laughs> twink twink. Beady beady beady. No dudes want to fuck me, Buck. By your command. Oh, wrong show. <laughs> Does he remember uh, the, the 70s Buck Rogers show? Beady, beady, beady. Like, every time he had to say something. Mm-hmm. There's an IP that uh, needs to come back, Buck Rogers. Yeah. But watch. They're going to make Buck Rogers a trans person of color. And thanks to Biden, it's going to be three Buck Rogers. <laughs> thanks for the Biden inflation, Biden. <laughs> and, uh... Tweaky the robot will be CGI and not practical and be voiced by Pedro Pascal. Oh, daddy. <laughs> so uh, Homer hands Mo the cash to fix the bar. Mo is touched, saying that no one has ever trusted him before, except for that one guy who shouldn't have. Homer reminds Mo that that was him. And back at home, March receives the mail and finds a letter from the bank. From her perspective, it seems that those cuckoo birds goofed up and sent them a mortgage statement. Homer's offended that she would uh, open up a letter addressed to both of them, but then Marge notices something. The loan tracking number is m 631700006426642 j Wait, wait, wait. One second, Steve. Can you say that again? I'm, I'm looking at the mortgage numbers here. I just want to make sure it's, that's correct. m 631700006426642 j now, is that 000642J? I believe so. I think that's a new tracking number, Steve. Oh, boy. Marge is confused, but Homer explains. You got a new mortgage? I had to. Our modes would stay closed forever. You gave the money to Mo? How's he going to pay us back? Look, look, I can see you're upset. If you need me, I'll be at Moe's. Well, maybe I'll go to Moe's, too, seeing as I'm now part owner. Marge, you can't go with me to Moe's. I mean, how would you like it if I came with you to your mother's? I would like it. You never come to my mother's. That's because I hate her. Hmm. Until you pay us back, you're answering to me, and there's going to be big changes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, wait just a minute. One thing Mo Sislek has never had is a partner, nor a wife, a friend, a chum, a casual acquaintance, a pen pal, a parrot, a meaningful conversation, a brief hug or eye contact. I'm just going to call the suicide hotline now. And they've blocked my number. Oh, God! Uh, a mortgage. I don't think millennials will know what that is. No. No one can afford a mortgage or a... How can you own a home? <laughs> right. That's what you rent. Duh. <laughs> oh, thanks for screwing us up, boomers. Yay, you ruined everything. We can't have families because of you. <laughs> you were hippies and then you turned bad or worse. I don't know. I have a theory. It's uh because we sent all the boomers to Vietnam, and now they're having their revenge against us. Like you fucked us over. Now we're fucking you. You fucked us over. I didn't say go to Vietnam. <laughs> I said go to bread. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I think I, I mean I can't remember like watching this live, you know, in two thousand five. But I think the biggest laugh probably then and i think now for me was when homer's like i don't uh want to go with you to visit your mother and she's like well, i'd like you to do that and then he's like i don't want to because i don't like her like <laughs> it's this kind of great like sitcom setup yeah 
And then usually the guy, the husband always fumbles, is like, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, does something goofy. But the fact is, I just don't like her. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah, really good. Like just telling the truth. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, married fellows out there, tell your uh, your significant other, your wife or your husband, <laughs> that you don't like their mother-in-law. Stephen waiting. <laughs> oh, I, I can't do that. Because actually, I, Laura knows how I feel about my mother-in-law. And that she's a very sweet lady. Yeah. Wonderfully kind. Just socially exhausting. I don't feel that way about uh, your mother-in-law, Steve. <laughs> I've maybe met her once. Yeah, probably at my wedding. No, maybe twice. No, maybe a couple times. Yeah, at yeah. your wedding. I think I had Thanksgiving with you guys once. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. No, she's she's a delight. Yeah. I've gotten, I got lucky. Uh, I have a wonderful wife with an equally wonderful mother-in-law. So weird that you say that because this is the first time she's just listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like such that sitcom trope, you know, of like, oh, the mother, the 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 family in-laws, the in-laws. Oh, no, they're the worst. It's like, I imagine the majority of people are like pretty cool with their in-laws because if their significant other was raised by them, like, or you have similar interests with your significant other, it's because they were raised a certain way. And so were you. So that's why you're probably connected. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it seems weird to me, like on TV shows and movies, like. Like the the couple, like I'm just I'm, I'm specifically thinking of like the uh, Fockers movies, like the Meet the Parents, mm-hmm. like, like you know they're so normal, but then their parents are so kooky, and like, well, why are they so normal, but the parents are aren't kooky? I, it's yeah, just, it's a, it's a trope that I, I I'm annoyed by that trope. It's kind of tired. I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm sending it to jo- Joke Joe. Okay. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the Simpsons, but you know, no, but no, I that, think I'm hey Hollywood, if you ever get making movies again, stop making those. The one that I wanted is like grown at, or is it grain at? That <laughs> is that Sebastian Malascanto movie with him and uh, oh, right, Robert, Robert De Niro. I'm like, one, I don't understand him. Like, I'm not from the East Coast, I don't know. I never laughed at anything he's ever said. Not funny. I don't think he makes jokes, he just says things with a funny intonation. Yeah, he went to the Dane Cook School of Comedy. Yeah, it's like... Just it's say like, things loud and he'll sell, yeah. sell out a stadium. It's like, um, the line would be like, my mother made the meatballs. But he would say, and my mother made the meatballs! And then people laugh. <laughs> you know? I don't get it. No. Anyway, so, so yeah, stop making those movies. That, that movie, looked, I was like, this looks like a parody that The Simpsons would make. It just even has Bob, Robert De Niro in it. Wasn't he in those Fockers movies? Like, he's mm-hmm. he's already done this movie. Hey, he has a young mouth to feed. <laughs> That's true. He's going to be a daddy. <laughs> Him and uh, Pacino. Can, right. Look, they'll both be in nursing homes nursing their kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just kind of messed up. Like, they're not going to know their dad ever. No. They're going to, like, here's your dad. Here's all the movies he was in. Cool. Yeah, they're, they're the dad they will know is whoever is going to be raising them after they pass. Right. Which won't be too long. Yeah. And like probably De Niro will go into senility and a kid and his own son will try and talk to him and be like, are you talking to me? <laughs> As I, can't, I can't think of a Godfather jokes, but it's right there. I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there's there's movies like that. Uh, just stop making. There's be something coming up about movies. We'll we'll talk about how they need to stop making movies. Like everything just seems like a parody of things now. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. I guess later, and then we get the fun gag at the end of that clip with uh, him calling the suicide hotline with uh, him being disconnected. I think that I like that joke. I if it were me writing it, and I don't know if this is better, just different. I think it'd be funnier 
if uh, or I think it'd be funny if he picks up the phone, dials the suicide hotline, and he's like, "Hey, it's Mo." And then the person on the other line is like, "Ah, oh, crap, not again!" And then hangs up. And then you what just if, hear a dial tone. What if you had like a, a Lindsay Nagle type, and then um, like a Raphael type, like like a Raphael's just sitting at the the phone's ringing, mm-hmm. and then like a Lindsay Nagle type's like, "Why aren't you answering the phone? <laughs> like this is a professional line." And it's like, and then the Raphael is like, eh, "Look who's calling!" And then she just <laughs> sees like, "Oh!" And then picks it up and then hangs it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get back. Understood. <laughs> I don't. Know. Yeah, I'm just punching up your punch up too. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's good. It's still a very funny joke. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The suicide hotline would ignore Mo. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Steve, let's begin our second act. Uh, Homer is haphazardly parking his car at the power plant, rushing to clock in just in time. And as soon as he does, the whistle blows, signifying that it's five o'clock, the end of the workday. <laughs> and Homer punches the uh, time clock and throws off his time, rushes to Mo's, where he can wait to get his lips around a nice cold beer, Steve. Oh. Yeah. You. Why would you think I was going to say penis? Who has an ice I... cold penis? <laughs> Uh, the Iceman from Batman. That's Mr. Freeze. Iceman's from X-Men. Right. Okay. <laughs> the The time clock doesn't just say like in and out. <laughs> right. You know. You it's literally what it's for. Yeah. It's to say when you're in. So he was there for at 4.59 to 5 o'clock. <laughs> Not an absence. So he's wanted that beer, but he sees uh, when he opens the door, he sees Marge. So Marge is behind the bar to protect her investment. Uh, she instructs Homer to go home and make dinner for the kids, but Homer doesn't want to and tries a, a crafty ruse on his wife. How many magic beans should I sell the baby for? Three? Da, da, da. That's me, Jerkass Homer. Da, da, da. Come on, go home. Oh. Maybe some cheerier paint would make this place less of a dive. Marge, my customers don't like themselves. Therefore, they seek the darkness. <laughs> well, as fabulous as your regulars are, a remodel might bring in a higher class of lush. Look, I like most the way it is, all right? And I ain't changing it for any dame, skirt, Susie Q, or face mesa. She's just a regular uh, John Taffer there, isn't she? Yeah. Like Looking the, to make over that bar. I'd, I'd like to watch a Marge show where she uh, goes in and make makes over restaurants and businesses. Might be like in it'd a be, nice way. Oh, yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. I mean, it would be really old fashioned probably, but it'd be it'd be good. <laughs> um, also in that clip, I love that Homer referred to himself as a jerk ass. So like on the audio commentary, I think that was the first time they've they said that they actually had him reference himself as jerk ass because the writers for the longest time would be calling Homer jerk ass Homer and and the fans, of course, we would call him jerk ass Homer. But I think was it this episode where it was finally canonized? Like, uh, right, yeah, be- we call him jerk ass because I think like the first instance was um, the episode with the cult and the leader because he actually said jerk ass like out of my way jerk ass yeah and i think that kind of put it into the lexicon and and then i think to start of season nine when you had homer versus new york that's kind of for me at least the first in like the first real example of homer being a jerk ass and so it's it's just funny how they like reference that as an uh an era of homer and now we're we're out of that era we've been out for yeah. a couple of years now yeah i think i really like the new uh not to say anything bad about this episode but the modern homer that we're living through who's like kind of a more supportive husband and father but still has his own foibles as well should we just call him level-headed homer yeah so this airs the level-headed homer yeah he's more more like his like og counterpart the walter Matthau version of right like, season one and two of homer it's true which i think he's mentioned uh frosty 
chocolate milkshakes in newer seasons. <laughs> That's not good, a milkshake. Anyway, uh, Marge anticipated Moe's reluctance to change and has a little something to hopefully change his tune. She drops a quarter in the jukebox and begins to sing, saying that the bar is a diamond that is trapped in the rough. Moe replies that the sign still says Moe, pointing to a framed edition of the Springfield Shopper with the headline, Triple Murder at Moe's. <laughs> I like that he got it framed. I mean, I kind of would too, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's news. You know, yeah. like most most businesses, uh, just put up like that first dollar they made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I put up a newspaper about the murders in my establishment. Yeah. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity. Um, Marge has an idea to sell both beer and grub, turning the filthy dive into a proper old-time British pub. Bart and Lisa, followed by Lenny and Carl in beefeater outfits, uh, join in on the jaunty tune. A British war? What a classy way to get drunk off your asses. Hey, hold the phone. An English pub. That just might work. Inside! Uh, my pub could be British instead of a pittish. So why don't we all... Ah, screw it. Let's get renovating. Well, I was thinking more like drapes and a paint job. But your idea's good, too. Thanks. Fun tune. Um, I was kind of sad that they didn't include the uh, toilet just like dropping yeah, from just... the ceiling or the roof. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. Fun visual callback. Uh, I love I love an episode of Simpsons with the uh, musical number. It's always uh, yeah. It's always fun. It's probably on one of the CDs, right? Probably yeah. All right. Well, so people from all over Springfield arrived to check out the uh, newly remodeled pub now called the Nag and Weasel, which features a sign showing Marge and, and Mo as the uh, respective Nag and Weasel. Uh, inside, uh, every table is full of people laughing, chanting, and enjoying their pints. Judge Snyder offers Lindsay Nagle a pint of ale. I like the little uh, number she's wearing there. It's like a little, like a, it's like fuzzy looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks soft. I just want to feel it. <laughs> Sure you do, Craig. <laughs> sure you do. Uh, is that like chiffon? Could be, yeah. I don't know my my uh, materials. <laughs> so Lindsay Nagel, uh, she responds to Judge Nagel or Judge Nagel, Judge Snyder saying <laughs> that the judge is kind of sexy, and Judge Snyder says that that's a direct misstatement of fact, but he'll allow <laughs> it. And then he brought his gavel and bangs it on the table. Do judges just keep their gavels everywhere? Like they walk around? I'm, I mean, wouldn't you? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Do you think there was anyone that was like, you know, you hear stories about kids who grew up watching Star Trek and then it's like they grew up to be like astronauts or scientists. Mm-hmm. You think there was any kid that was like, ah, I love Night Court. I don't grow up to be a judge and becomes like a Harry Stone type <laughs> judge, like with magic tricks. I could see it happening. <laughs> Look, we grew up watching Cheers and uh, we became Norm. We became alcoholics. Uh-huh. Hey, I do manage a uh, a bar. And I don't play baseball anymore. <laughs> I mean, you still drink. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not like Sam alone at all. And you don't uh, have a nice head of hair and you don't uh, womanize every female patron that comes in. So more like a Ted Danson. <laughs> all right. Because he's bald. Right. And you too are married to Mary Steenburgen. Yep. Just don't tell I him. Am at, I'm at the good place. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Snyder and uh, Lindsay and I will start to just passionately kiss. I think, uh, I think I saw them slip some tongue. They're open mouth kissing Ooh, there. Yeah. They got to second base. Is that second base? I think it's first base, depending on where you're going. 
Open tongue is first base. Yeah. Uh, do we have to figure this out again? <laughs> I think we oh. figured this out like in yeah. the first couple episodes. Second base is, is touching chest. Third base is anal. Uh-huh. Fourth home. is moving in together. <laughs> Fourth base, you mean home? Yeah. Yeah, because you move into a home. Exactly. Have you noticed that home plate looks like a home, Steve? <laughs> like, it looks like a, an outline of a house. Yeah, the, the first base should be shaped like a number one. Number two should be face shaped like a piece of a poop. Sure, and number three should be cum. Or it should be just like three bases, and you don't know... Which one you're supposed to tag? Oh, because one is like if you two are like automatic outs, even if like there's no ball near you, mm-hmm. and then one is the a safe bet. In fact, like two of them will have like explosives, so if you touch it, you explode. <laughs> right, of course. I mean, you won't kill the baseball player. It just it explodes like uh, paint, mm-hmm. and that means you're out. Right. So you got to choose wisely which three bases you you go to. Look, I could make baseball way more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you hit a foul ball and if a, a person in the stands catches it, you're out. Yeah, I like that. Uh, home runs also allow home runs, but if they get a home run. No, you know what? It's not an official home run. Like if, if someone catches the home run in the stands, they got to, you know, because you know how when like a, a player hits a home run, they just kind of mm-hmm. like. They take a little jaunt around the bases, like all smug. Like, yeah, I got a home run. No, they got to work to get a home run. So they have to run fast because the player or the, the audience person in the stands who has the ball, the home run ball, can, if they want to, throw it back to the outfield. Oh, can then yeah. throw it to get the, the runner out. I like this. So that way you have an advantage. So if you're at a home, you know, let's say you're at the, the home team they get a home run. The, the fans are going to throw that. They want that home team to get the home run. But if it's the opposite, the visiting team gets a home run. The fans have a chance like, oh, no, we don't want them to have that run so they can get them out. Hmm. That's why the term home field advantage will have way more of an advantage. That's true. Also, besides uh, the bases maybe looking different, you know, keep it the same. But maybe the baseball player gets to choose. Does he want to go to the first base or third base first? Oh, you can go in any order you want. Yeah. yeah. You just can't go to second. I don't know. No, because then you have to, because you still have to round the bases to get home. Right, right. But you can go backwards if you want. So are you saying like if you rent a third base first and then you rent a second, but there's a person on first now, then you could run from second back to third. I think that that counts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You play the bases. You have to figure out which which way to run. Wow. We make what, what else can we do to improve baseball? Um, Make I, it faster. Like everybody's on roller skates. Well, they're kind of already doing that now with the pitch clock. And no that's one likes true. that. And games are now only like two hours long. So <laughs> baseball games are now the length of a Marvel movie, which is amazing. That's yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> In fact, let's put Marvel characters in the baseball game. Yeah. But we're here not talking baseball. Let's just get back to the Simpsons. <laughs> Simpsons. Let's get away from the Lindsay Nagel and Judge Snyder uh, table because we get to see because um, um, they're going to go because they're going to go and fuck. Right. So they got to right. pay their tab. So she throws uh, the, the visa card to Marge and then she mar- tosses it to Moen, who's excited to see his first credit card, all with like the bumpy numbers and like <laughs> which now credit cards don't have the bumpy numbers anymore. It's true. He then uses a uh, banual credit card machine to process a payment. See, I was going to bring this up. Uh, did you ever have to use one of those banual credit card machines in your days of like a uh, hotel? Oh, even? yeah, yeah. Um, probably like as late as like 2016, I was at a hotel. I, I worked at a hotel and uh, every now and then the Internet would go down. And so, yeah, you couldn't process cards. So we did have those. And yeah, it's wild to think that that was just the way it was for a long time. I never had to use one, but at the old pizza place, what I mentioned before in this episode, mm-hmm. I think we we had one on hand just in case. Right. But I never even, uh, 
this was like, a, like, like right when I started, it, it was there, but then like it, it was, they got rid of it because it was never going to be used. But I'm like, I don't know how to use this thing if I have to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just it's just imprints the credit card. That's all. Yeah, that's all it does. It's just yeah. a carbon copy thing yep. where you can give them a copy and then you send a copy to the bank or whatever. Yep. Maybe I did have to use it once because I kind of vaguely remember. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but uh, the good old days, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, so back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, Homer and the kids enjoy dinner sitting in front of the TV. Kent Brockman's latest episode has a story on the nag and the hair and interviews fashion critic Mr. Boswell. So, Mr. Boswell, what do you think of the new Moe's? Marge Simpson and Moe Sislak is a mash note to your bangers. I wish you could live in me forever. Thanks, uh, Freakazoid. I'd just like to say that there's one person to whom I really owe my newfound success. Marge Simpson. Thanks, Moe. Dad, Mom's spending more time at Moe's than you are. And they seem awfully chummy. Just what are you inferring? I'm not inferring anything. You infer, I imply. Woo! That's a relief. Boy, what a night! Moe showed me how to give someone the bum's rush. Here, watch. Get lost, Rummy! (laughs) Ah, yes, Detroit style. Very nice. So... You've been at Moe's every night this week. I know. I used to think of Moe as a scabby, dead-eyed hunchback. But now that I've gotten to know him, we kind of bonded. Bonded? How many times? Mr. Boswell is a spoof of Richard Blackwell, better known as Mr. Blackwell, who is a fashion critic, a journalist, television, and radio personality, who I mostly know as a joke from The Simpsons. Yeah, wasn't he the guy who did the uh, 10 worst-dressed women list? Like, yeah. After, yeah. We don't do that stuff anymore. It's weird that you would. It <laughs> like, is, yeah. I mean, I guess like there are like for like award shows or whatever, there's like red carpets things and people judge their the way they dress. But I don't know. It just feels so like mean spirited to just be like, oh, look at that person. They spent a lot of time dressing like that. And it's bad. No, it, it's a, it was like a weird time. And like that was such a thing. Like you'd watch uh, like uh, Joan Rivers do mm-hmm. it. And it, it's at the point of like, why? You know, if you think about it, why would we really care if these fat you know people there's people that love the fashion but yeah i don't know it is silly to waste time over trivial things like that when there's bigger issues in this country like um the wga strike that's right because without writers we can't get people to dress stupid exactly for these award shows that why are we watching (laughs) just slapping yourself on the back for making art that is not barely art just mostly commercial whatever Eh. Then we get uh, Marge learning the uh, bums rush. Mm-hmm. I just like the fact that, I mean, she picks him up with like ease and tosses him, but she also like caused damage to her house. Like she's yeah. still laughing about that. <laughs> and she threw her husband into a wall. <laughs> That's like abuse. That's uh, yeah. Homer could be calling some services here. Mm-hmm. Steve, do you know how to do the bums rush? Because you got uh, to deal with the uh, drunkards from time to time. I'm not familiar with the Detroit style. I can do St. Louis. <laughs> Or uh, Chicago, but uh, Detroit's a different, it's a different ride. It's a bit thicker. It's a bit more hardy of a throw. <laughs> Looks so, like yeah. yeah. The Portland style is just politely asking them to leave as you hand them <laughs> another beer. Excuse me, sir. If it's not too much trouble, would you mind quieting down, please? And most of the time they end up saying no and then lighting a fire and burning your store down. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and smoke fentanyl. <laughs> and go camping on the streets. Yeah. But, sir, we, 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 we banned it. Doesn't matter. <sighs> so Marge assures Homer... That she and Mo are just work friends, while she and Homer are marriage friends. <laughs> With uh, Homer's mind nowadays, the couple look deep into each other's eyes and begin to kiss. 
But before anything can happen, the phone rings. It's Marge's partner, Mo, wearing a curlers and a pink bathrobe. Mo apologizes for calling so late while he's uh, filing his nails. He uh, has an idea to put signs outside the bathrooms that say Dukes and Dames, replacing the current signs that they have, which say stand-ups and sit-downs. Marge loves the idea, and Mo wants to make sure that he isn't interrupting anything, but Marge says that she's just in bed with Homer. Look, I think Mo is ahead of his time with the science saying stand-ups and sit-downs. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean any gender, male or female. No. You know, we're having this conversation in this country about gender restrooms, like, who goes into what? So, like, if you stand-up, that just means you want to, like, take a leak, or maybe it's just you need to fix something. Yeah. Sit-downs means you gotta go, you know, number two. That's Personally, I like a sit-down no matter what. Right, right. It's it's better for your prostate. Yeah. I think we brought it up before. Sit downing at home is perfectly awesome. I'm just still yeah. don't want, I don't want to sit down in public for number ones. I get you. Yeah. But sometimes, like if you're at a sporting event, most guys are just like standing in line to use the urinal. Let's shoot for the, the, the stall. No one's in those. Right. And like, especially sporting events, because then it's just like a weird trough with no dividers and it's no fun. No fun for you. <laughs> You don't have laser fights? <laughs> Crossing the streams. Crossing the streams. No. Uh, guys don't do that in uh, uh, public restrooms, people, if you're listening, who don't or aren't of the gender with wings. Yeah. <laughs> so no restroom I've been in. Maybe you're going to the wrong restrooms. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, March continues to talk with Mo on the phone, leaving Homer in his bed with his lips puckered. He figures he may as well use that pucker for something, uh, pulling out his trombone and playing a sad version of Green Sleeves. So remember earlier in the podcast where I saying I love the idea of this. The, there's a toilet on the roof of Moe's like it just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's not logical, but it made me laugh. This scene, I did not like it because Homer one, Ooh. he hates music. I mean, he doesn't hate music, but he always tells Lisa to shut up with her saxophone. Uh-huh. Why would how would he know how to play trombone? I just thought this this little gag was like it's too family guy in a way. Like it, I didn't like it. I didn't like the joke. Like and- it should have been like him just like grabbing a popsicle and like he had the perfect like sucking a dick popsicle. Like starting a fudgicle. I do wonder, like, and this might sound dumb, but were they implying that he would try and suck himself off? That would have been funny. It's like, it just like lifts up the sheet, like, eh, and then like puts the sheet over his head, and then you see him go down. Oh, no, no, because like, what are they alluding to? Because like the the comedy is, oh, I've, my mouth is already puckered. I'm going to do something with it, and then the reveal is that he has a trombone next to his bed, which I I agree with you is kind of absurd. Um, but like, if not that, what are we expecting? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just thought the joke was just kind of silly. I get you. Not, not silly in a good way, just dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just uh, get rid of that scene and uh, go to another scene, Steve. Let's go to the uh, Springfield Googleplex uh, with uh, Marge and Homer. That's, they're going there, which shows us several films such as... Three Fast, Three Furious. Kill Bill Maher. Uh, Breast Camp. Explosion 2. Dude, Where's My Prostate? Baby Cops 3. Tired and Cranky. Michael Eisner versus Michael Ovitz. And Disney Stroller Rental, the movie. <laughs> All right, which one are we seeing? Well, I do like Breast Camp. I mean, Bill Maher used to be cool. Yeah, but now maybe we should kill Bill Maher. <laughs> kill Bill Maher. Uh, I love that the, they think the joke of Three Fast, Three Furious is funny, but they didn't see the future. Right. We're in an age... 
look, we timestamp and date these podcasts pretty well. But mm-hmm. if we just said there's a new Fast and Furious movie out now, it would work at any time this podcast someone's listening to like 20 years from now. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, there sure was a Fast 84. <laughs> sure, why not? And then it's funny because they have two jokes about Disney, the Michael Eisner versus Michael Ovitz and Disney Stroller Ride the movie, which is funny because now they're owned by Disney. But also uh, the Disney Stroller Ride, that actually came true because... They're basically making fun of like parts of the Caribbean just being a ride and like, how can you make a movie on that? But then they did like Jungle Cruise, but like Disney just said, yeah, that's ridiculous, but we're going to keep on going and keep mm-hmm. on making ride based uh, or movie based <laughs> movies based on rides. Right. Explosion 2 is just probably like, you know, action movie. Mm-hmm. Dude, where's my prostate? I'm just I, I think I'm going with uh, Baby Cops 3. <laughs> I just yeah. See yeah. Baby Cops. But it's probably getting like a CGI animated movie. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> and then he literally soils his diaper. Yeah. Because I'm this many. It's like police commissioner mommy has to go and <laughs> change all the diapers. <laughs> ah. Voiced with uh, the chief of police, of course, would be the uh, Alec Baldwin as mm-hmm. uh, chief boss baby. Right. <laughs> hey, look, there's only bait boss. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they predicted everything. Simpsons did it. <laughs> Don't shoot. <laughs> so let's go inside to the uh, Google Plex there. Uh, Homer and Marge watch a trailer for a new computer animated film from DreamWorks entitled Cards. 52 Jokers playing the game of their lives. I don't want to be a three. I want to be a seven. Shut up, kid. You're as crazy as an eight, I'm telling you. With Eddie Murphy as the Jack of Clubs. You don't understand, officer. I thought that king was a queen. This summer, the house is full and the deuces are wild in cards. Hey, Jack, you got any twos? You can't handle the twos. Oh, Marge, don't you love it when our hands meet in the popcorn tub? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Marge. Howdy, partner. Why don't you sit next to us? Hey, Marge about that how much tommy we share everything you do i was kind of hoping they uh placed the bucket of popcorn over homer's crotch <laughs> mm-hmm. and then like but she reached in they started giggling like that would have been a fun inside joke like don't even say anything right it's just like you know the old popcorn trick which is mm-hmm. supposed to put your dick like create a hole this never seemed logical to me yeah the logistics of it seem hard because one when do you find time to cut a <laughs> hole into a box full of popcorn right look at the tub right Right. And then, like, do you, like, carry it to your seat? And then when do you find time to whip out your penis and put it in the popcorn, which is full of hot butter? Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, then you're like, wait, so is the whole idea is, like, you're going to get jerked off? But now you ruined the popcorn because you're going to get jizz all over it. I mean, ruined or made better. (laughs) Look, the popcorn's salty enough, Steve. We don't need to make it saltier. (laughs) Tastes like pineapple. (laughs) But the joke could have gone on further. Again, I'm just making a dick joke. But, like, Mo then would have, like, grabbed the popcorn, too. (laughs) And then Homer ejaculates as soon as Mo grabs his dick. Of course. Look, all I'm saying is Simpsons uh, showrunners, Algie, hire us for this kind of humor. Yeah, we're real good. <laughs> we'll be scabs. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We support the writers. Yes. Um, and now let's just get to the movie. I think you and I. So like the DreamWorks, the, this whole cards joke, which again, they probably spent 
most of the, like a budget of a Simpsons episode on this one joke. And it was probably like, a, and they're parodying these movies where like anthropomorphic things like now have like souls and like they're just human, right? So yeah, they were probably spoofing the, cars. They were cars, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's also the the joke if kids you don't remember, uh, Eddie Murphy picked up uh, a hooker who had to be trans. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big headline news. Um, but like, and also in this trailer too, all of the jokes are just so puns. And, and right puns, and like you're a crazy eight and uh <laughs> the jack nicholson as a jack <laughs> you can't have uh, so funny but you and i had this same experience we were at a uh, theaters not together but <laughs> there was a movie i think just came out it's a pixar movie called elemental and we both text each other about like you know the movie song like you know we, there's this one trailer and it looked like a parody the simpsons would do and that was elemental so yeah. if you guys haven't seen the trailer first just watch it and with the mindset of like the same bit we just saw on cards it's it's the idea of like fire and water and earth are all yeah, humanized characters now but of course fire and water don't mix but mm-hmm. their friendship sure does it's like <laughs> this looks so dumb it's so dumb and like to be honest with you i'd much rather see cards than elemental <laughs> And I thought like maybe this is like not like a a Disney movie. Maybe it's like uh, what's the other studio? Not DreamWorks, but there's the Illumination that kind of right, does. right. But uh, uh, here I am on. It's not out as of this record. It's not out yet. It looks like it comes out uh, in like a week from this record. But it already has like a 78 tomato meter from 41 reviews. No audience score yet. We'll come hmm. back to this to see. But it just it looks like the same shit. Like what was that one about your feelings? A few years right. ago, Inside Out, like it just looks like another Inside Out. Any uh, cars, but look, these movies make money. They're for kids. They mm-hmm. Each some sort of lesson, but it just looks so dumb. Yeah, it's all just for tie-ins to other products, and you know, branded T-shirts and lunch lunch boxes, and yeah. Now I gotta figure out who the voice cast is. This like breaking in some dough here. I mean, it's nice to see that it's a fairly uh, diverse and unknown, like not unknown, but you know, it's not like it's like big stars. Yeah, because like, it looks like that the main two characters are people don't know. So they're like they're kids. That's good. Yeah, like Catherine O'Hara is probably like the biggest name. Wendy uh, McLeod and Covey. She's yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe it's because like the big names. Like, hey, I don't want to read this. <laughs> but you're right. It looks like a lot more. All right. Well, I'll give it credit for that. Yeah. But still, it just looks dumb. Mm-hmm. When I saw this episode, I'm like, man, we got to talk about how lame elemental looks. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, the people that worked on it probably worked hard and I agree, but just it's not for us. I mean, even if like we had kids, I don't think I would take him to this movie. No, I mean, you're seeing Spider-Man again. Again, yeah. Like, oh, but daddy, I don't like Spider-Man. You will by the time I'm done with you. (laughs) No, that's when like you you put your kid up for adoption when he says he doesn't like (laughs) Spider-Man. Go find your own Aunt Aunt May. (laughs) So as the movie begins, Homer tells himself not to worry, as there's nothing physical between Marge and Moe. Just then, Marge asked Homer to hold her wedding ring because her finger is itchy. <laughs> Homer's inner dialogue tells him that he's going to have to work on his marriage, but he then opts to uh, binge eat popcorn instead. Hmm. Probably one of my favorite lines of uh, Remember D on this podcast, but uh, I just love <laughs> the, the, the silly joke of Marge being like, oh, my my finger itches. I hold my wedding ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just uh, did enjoy that. Um so at work the next day, Homer is miserable. And when Carl asks what's wrong, Homer describes the intimate bond of thoughts and feelings that Marge and Mo have developed, uh, completely separate from him. 
I also want to add it too on the DVDs. There was a uh, deleted scene right before this scene of uh, Mo and Marge on a horse-drawn carriage ride, and Homer was in the front with the driver. Hmm. Cute little, uh, fun little scene. Yeah, that's fun. Um, so Homer assumes that because it's not a physical, you know, relationship, he has nothing to worry about. But after Lenny and Carl share a look, Lenny tells Homer that he's got some sad news. So Homer asks if he can uh, receive the sad news in a happy place. So they go to the theme park known as Itchy and Scratchy Land, uh, which of course was built by imagination and non-union labor. So as Carl and Lenny and Homer ride a log up a hill, behind them uh, Ralph watches. You know, he's, he's hanging from his underwear on one of the props there, but he's watching. And we've determined on this podcast that Ralph is the uh, the watcher uh, from um, the Marvel comic books, mm-hmm. but for the Simpsons verse. So that that Ralph could be, uh, you know, he he's seen everything already. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, we'll go to this clip here where uh, Lenny and Carl offer a Homer some uh, advice. Mo and Marge are having an emotional affair. Although there's no physical intimacy, there's a deep spiritual connection that threatens to destroy your marriage. What do I do? Engage your feelings. Become a friend. Ooh, get her a Life magazine from the week she was born. I'll always treasure mine. You're absolutely right. Stop this ride! You're the boss! Oh, but he's dead. I know it's a broken record that I love Tress and it just that line read of I want to go again, Daddy. Daddy? <laughs> so funny. So in that Lenny talks about his beloved Life magazine from the week he was born, and it shows uh Life magazine a bloodbath in Laos, uh talking about the Civil War there. So I did some research, and there was an issue called Tough Going in Laos, featuring uh, Laotian soldiers in the jungles fighting, and that would be March 12th, 1971. And so if you do the math from when this was aired in January of 2005, uh, that would make Lenny 33 years old when this show aired. And that probably checks out, too. You know, maybe Homer's just a little bit older than than Lenny. Mm -hmm. I see that. Um, So Lenny says, like, he has the Life magazine from the week he was born. Right. Do you think Lenny and I, because I'm born on March 14th. Do you think Lenny and I share the same birth date? And then he's like 11 years older than you. That's very possible. I've always thought you as, and, and Lenny are kind of this one and the same. But as of now, Steve, yeah, I'm older than if if we're going to do the, the age of, of 33. Mm-hmm. So he would actually now be born in like 1990. Right, right. Weird. So I'm older than Lenny. Mm-hmm. If it was Lenny of 2023. Yeah. So he would have like a life magazine with like a Gulf War. Mm-hmm. Something on it, right. <laughs> And now I have to look up. Are you looking up your birthday? Yeah, I'm looking up. No, I'm looking up the year 1990 Life magazine. Uh, He has a. Nadia Comaniche? Yeah, yeah. A gymnast. Hmm. And Noriega. And got a Roseanne. Roseanne Tom Arnold there. Yeah, what is is a March? Now I got to look up my. Have you ever looked up your Life magazine during your. No, I'm going to do it now, though. All right. I have Liz Taylor on mine. Liz Taylor at 50. Looking great. And on the loose. Oh, I got. Ooh. Uh, behind the scenes, Mick Jagger comes back in the upper corner, and then a special poll: How women feel about abortion. When does life Jesus. really begin? And it's just a picture of a fetus. I'm um, I'm glad that uh, that conversation is over. We're not still talking about yeah. that. <laughs> I'm sure my mom saw it and was like, "Do I really want to do this again?" <laughs> Here, here's uh, March 1990. Uh, Playboy. It has Donald Trump on the cover. Oh. <laughs> 
Now I want to know what my Playboy is. I think I've looked that up for myself, but I'm going to do it now. <laughs> Ooh, sex in cinema. <laughs> More like skinema, am I right, guys? Yeah. Vicky LaMota, Raging Bulls Woman 51 and a Knockout. <laughs> Will Big Bucks break the NBA? My cover girl is Barbara Kara. Uh, my mom's name was Barbara. That's weird. <laughs> Uh, but Playboy interviews Patty Hearst. Oh, man and woman part three, the sex life of brain. Or is it Brian? <laughs> it's brain. Um, Barbara Carrier. I'm in a hot remake of I, the jury, the wall street wisdom of Luis Rooksayer. don't know that person. Exotic new fiction by Jersey Kosinski. Finally, a sensible article about guns <laughs> <laughs> and how, t- how the experts win at video games. Wow. Oh, I'm horny. It was two fifty in March 1982. That seems kind of a lot. $2.50 in 82 for a magazine. I mean, it was a premium magazine that you, you know. Well, I could buy it now for $9.95. I kind of, should we, oh, shipping to $17. Jesus. Why is shipping $17 for a fucking magazine? Uh, I guarantee you, if you go to like those, uh, those uh, antique shops on Selwood, yeah. you can find it for like five bucks. Right. All right. So maybe I'm going to get, maybe for Christmas this year, I'm going to get you your Playboy, your Hustler. <laughs> All the ones that uh, for your birthday. Don't forget Playgirl. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Was that it? <laughs> now I gotta look it up. Patrick Duffy. <laughs> now I own uh, I don't see anything on eBay right now. All right. This is not fun for, uh, <laughs> for our listeners. Now we consider that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was looking ooh. up. But I mean, your Playboy, you got uh, Vicky LaMotta. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said. Um, yeah. Your issue's you're, 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 pretty fun. But look, this one is $10.99 with free shipping. Hmm. I might just have to buy it now for you. <laughs> it's weird that it's under eBay, but like used. <laughs> yeah. Gross. <laughs> Anyways. Let's just get back to the episode, Steve, uh, in the, their bedroom later that evening. That means Homer and Marge, not uh, the playmates. Uh, Homer is <laughs> eager to hear all of Marge's feelings. Unfortunately, Marge is too tired to talk. Homer assures her that he can go all night, able to listen to her two, maybe three times. Oh, what does that even mean? <laughs> like she'll say a sentence like three times and that's it. Yeah. Okay. So once again, Marge says that she's tired and that she has to uh, catch her flight. Homer is unsure what she's talking about. And Marge explains that she and Mo are going to the tavern and restaurant owners convention in Aruba. And Steve did a deep dive. Uh, is there a uh, tavern and restaurant owners convention in Aruba every year, Steve? Uh, not after 2009, but okay. up until here, they did it every year. Yeah. I thought COVID would have killed it, but I guess not. It was the writer's strike. Yeah. Of 2008. <laughs> no. So as Marge falls asleep, she complains about Homer's ability to listen, saying that she already told him about uh, the trip 10 times, which is, I guess, kind of a fun callback because he said he wants to listen, but yet mm-hmm. he didn't listen to that. Uh, so Homer lies in bed awake, staring at the ceiling when suddenly the cuckoo clock turns into Mo and begins to taunt him. Cuckold, cuckold, cuckold. What's a cuckold? with Uncle Mo? He's only your emotional uncle. I'm your real uncle. Well, if Hollywood movies have taught us anything, it's that troubled relationships can be completely patched up by a mad dash to the airport. I'm off. Folks, welcome to No Frills Airlines Flight to Aruba. Safety instructions are $2. If you require wheelchair assistance, you pick the wrong airline. Ha ha. So Steve really wanted the cuckold thing, and we got 14 seconds of uh, the James Bond parody music there for you to listen to. 
I thought they both were relevant to your interests. Okay. Uh, this might be the first time, like in 2005, like I heard the term cuckold. Yeah, me too. And it didn't become really popular until, you know, maybe like six years ago in the zeitgeist. Right. Have you looked up cuckold magazine the year you were born? See if there's any... <laughs> I haven't checked my bookcase yet, but. <laughs> oh, you have it already. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Lifetime subscriber. No, but I do feel bad for people who do have that proclivity. Why? Why do you feel bad? Like, what if that's what they get off on? You shouldn't. Feel no, that's bad about that's. And I, I'm saying that's totally fine. What I feel bad about is the fact that the term got co-opted to mean like a political thing. You know, like oh, you fucking cuck. You know, like mm. this dumb like redneck. Uh, and not a political podcast, but like this whole thing about how like if you're you know a liberal or whatever, you're a cuck or a cuckold. And but if you're just somebody who enjoys watching somebody else bone your spouse more power to you i guess i mean no shame there but it just sucks that it got co-opted into mean something else other than that that's all i'm saying okay so steve is not uh kink shaming no not at all i'm just saying that you know you shouldn't uh you know don't don't misuse a term and like you know fold it into your own meaning because you're bigoted and closed-minded that's all i'm saying i'm glad you you have that message out for uh, everyone you you fucking ass eater okay panty job man (laughs) the joke is i was saying something insensitive too Right. Wait, am I just now doing that Jim Gavigan bit where I talk hot pockets? <laughs> Hilarious. Hey, him <laughs> and Jerry Steinfeld are going on a tour. Relatable. Rich white dads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that Jim Gavigan like lived in a two bedroom apartment with his eight kids for a while. Look, I like that TV show he had uh, on TBS for a while. The Jim Gavigan. Oh show. yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's he's good. And I've seen Jaff, uh, Jaff, Jaff, I've seen Jaff again. I shortened his name. Repals. I've seen him live. He was really good live. No, he's a good performer. I've got no, I've got nothing against him. It's... I have nothing. To, look, I have nothing against either of them. Like I enjoy their humor, but there's mm-hmm. like, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld's obviously like beyond out of touch with like reality. He's not a human anymore. No, no, that's what happens with money. You know. Yeah. Which I don't believe that's true. So I think what I'm saying is I don't believe money makes you into something like you just forget about how it is to live. So to prove that I am right, uh, Steve will also agree with me, just send us a lot of money to mm-hmm. the point where we become billionaires and we'll yeah. prove to you that we will live normal lives. Yeah, we will be so down to earth. We will not improve a single thing about ourselves. Exactly. Just give us the billion dollars. Sure, we might do one or two things like maybe buy like some mansions in like sure. all corners of the world, you know, maybe buy a sports team. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe by a sports league, <laughs> maybe getting a hangar full of airplanes and old classic cars. But again, maybe we'll figure out eat. how to make my own Mogwai. <laughs> but still, I'm going to eat uh, golden crusted fl- frosted flakes like everyone else. Sure. My my Big Macs will be dipped in silver just like yours. I mean, sure, I'll eat McDonald's only because I will have a fully functional, fully staffed <laughs> McDonald's on my compound that only I can eat at. And all the McNuggets will be made out of Grimace meats. <laughs> and sure, I will hire that annoyed Chef Bay guy <laughs> that does the salt, no, Salt Bay guy to, <laughs> to feed to my alligators. Because <laughs> that's what a common man would do. Exactly. <laughs> feed Salt Bay to alligators is all I'm saying. I don't think anybody would complain about that. <laughs> Speaking of restaurants. Yeah. On the plane, there are several uh, Springfield restaurant owners, such as Luigi from Luigi's, Krusty from Krusty Burger. Akira from the Sushi Place, Sea Captain McAllister from the Seafood Place, along with Mo and Marge. Mo tells Marge that he's really enjoyed working with her, and Marge agrees, saying that it was a nice surprise that they became friends. We then hear Mo's thoughts 
where he declares his love for Marge and his plan. After some surf and turf, a bottle of champagne, and maybe some Snickers pie, mm-hmm. he'll explain to Marge how the hotel room, uh, how the hotel made a little mistake, and that they'll have to share a room. That's going to be uh, Steve on our tour. Mm-hmm. I don't want to oh, share. Oh, sorry, room Craig. <laughs> um, was the Snickers pie like a joke? But like, that's not a real thing. But it did become thing. No, there was probably Snickers pie in 2005. I think it's just that he is thinking of fancy things. Oh, okay. Like like surf and turf and champagne and <laughs> and in his mind, in Mo's mind, nothing fancier than a candy bar based. I look if I was at a uh, uh, what's a fancy uh, Michelin star restaurant, Steve Applebee's. Sure. <laughs> no, what, like, like even like a Morton's or a Ruth Chris, like they're not considered Michelin star. They're still expensive, but they're not. Yeah. Like what's a I mean, Musso and Frank's. That's not a that's not a, a Michelin star. But let's just say it was like one of like Gordon Ramsay's Michelin star restaurants. Right. Mm-hmm. Or someone like that. And they had a Snickers pie. I'd get that. It'd be oh, expensive. yeah. But yeah. That's not Snickers to me is like, yeah, it's not elegant, but it, I think it's like top tier number three candy bar. I would agree it's, with that. It's, it's, it's definitely up there. We, it's a baseline. If you think of candy bars, Snickers is like the Coca-Cola of candy bars. Yeah, it is top tier. Um, It has like a good amount of ingredients and it's pretty well balanced for candy bars. So, so yeah, I don't disagree with you. And, you know, sometimes when I'm hungry and I'm not myself, if mm-hmm. I have a Snickers bar, I'm totally satisfied. Yeah. Snickers. Get one today at your local Snickers store. Just tell the uh, salesperson. Offer code annoyed run boy. Yes. Let's see what happens. I'm curious. And just, you know, go to snickers.com slash one three Simpsons for a 20% off your next Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and snack differently. Wait, that's not there. Who says the snack differently? Isn't that someone's? That sounds familiar. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until like I was talking about the podcast when I was like, it's so weird, like seeing like all these like Simpsonites or some Springfield characters on this flight. Like, why are they even there? Like, they just couldn't like animate just different people. But why does it have to be like crusty? And like, it was still, like, oh, because they're all going to that convention. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Marge notices that uh, Mo's upper lip is trembling, but he explains that he's just excited about the uh, in-flight entertainment. You know, it's an episode of Boy Meets World. Sadly, oh. that's only for flights to Europe. Mm. All they get to watch is a little plane tracky leather uh, flight. And then suddenly a, a avatar of Homer in his uh, the pink c- car appears on the uh, tracking screen, speeding towards the airport. And on the road, Homer is on his way. You just talk about this little graphic real quick. Mm-hmm. It's obviously silly because why would the monitor have Homer's face and car? And, yeah. and car. But the best part is because it looks, you know, Aruba, you know, it's in the Bahamas. Come on, pretty mamas. Mm-hmm. Key Largo, Montego. All Baby, where we go? Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's blue, but yet, there's Springfield just with the star like in the middle of the ocean, which is somehow southwest <laughs> of Aruba, too. Yet Homer comes in from like the northwest. Mm hmm. Where's he coming from? <laughs> Shouldn't he be where the Springfield yeah. stars at? Right. And that would make, uh, you know, Springfield somewhere in like Columbia or something. <laughs> I know this is a, a just a dumb joke, but like right now I'm doing the uh, like the Jackie Chan, like what? Like meme face, mm-hmm. <laughs> like looking at it. <laughs> very, very dumb. Uh, but yeah, so he's not actually in the middle of the ocean. In fact, he's on the road and he's uh, stopped by uh, Chief Wiggum, the boys in blue. You get to see them again. But it's like Lou and Eddie are riding on the motorcycle, but Wiggum is in the little sidecar. It's just a very fun yeah. look. But uh, let's see uh, what they got to say. Hang on, Marge. Homie's coming. I won't let that man make you happy. Oh. 
Simpson, you are going 100 in a 25 zone, and you're not gonna flirt your way out of this one. But I have to get to the airport to save my marriage! Really? Well, why didn't you say so? Let's roll! You didn't work this hard to save my marriage. Uh, again with that. Wake up, Lou. She was way out of your league. Oh, jeez. Ah, poor Lou. Who is, uh, who is he married to? Um, let's say both. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, so as the uh, flight attendants prepare for takeoff, Mo pours uh, Marge a drink. Mo preps himself for the Shuba Duba in Aruba when he notices something in the window. It's Homer in a stair car being driven by Chief Wickham. Now, I call a lot of notes uh, from various websites, and they do a lot of cultural references. And the number of people who are trying to say that the stair car was a, an Arrested Development reference is very comical to me because, like, they didn't invent the stair car. <laughs> <laughs> no on the show rest of Elma, they just happen to have one because of the airline but like like just because a thing is on a thing it doesn't mean it's only from that thing it's like yeah um yeah just just like how uh they mentioned aruba so that must be that that's a reference to the beach boys uh exactly Pokemon yeah song, right yeah 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 no, it's not i just thought it was funny <laughs> i mean if anything this whole scene is just a parody of romantic comedies exactly um <laughs> So uh, Mo uh, shuts his window blinds and uh, Homer directs Clancy to get closer. Knowing that his time is limited, Mo makes his move. Okay, time to chase this pig into the sty. Uh, Marge, you deserve a man who listens to you, who respects you, who understands what a treasure you really are. I don't know what to say. Just say you love me, Marge. Love me like I love you. Please. That sounds like Homer. No, it isn't. I don't hear nothing. You're crazy. Get out of here. Will you marry me? Homer? How'd you get in here? Toilet hole. You leave my wife alone. You don't deserve her. You know nothing about Marge. What's your favorite food? Uh, ice? Wrong. It's buttered noodles. He's right. Oh, it's true. I don't know Marge at all. I'll just go home now. Uh, speaking of the logistics of things, where's that toilet? Because he's coming from the front of the plane. Maybe it's the captain's head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this budget airline doesn't have uh, wheelchair accessibility, but the pilots get their own toilet. Sure. Sure, okay. I also like how he shakes off the blue toilet water like a like a dog would shake mm -hmm. off water. It's a very funny visual gag. <laughs> so Homer opens the door to the plane and is nearly uh, sucked out of the aircraft. And uh, to date this uh, podcast again, was there just like a few weeks ago, someone opened the door? Oh, right. Like yeah, I remember that. It was like a Southwest or a Spirit or one of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, no one no one got hurt, but uh, way to, way to you know, get arrested and never fly again. Right. Because you wanted a little fresh air 30,000 feet up in the air. Look, I've only flown a few times in my life, you know, a dozen at least. Mm -hmm. I've never had issues with like people screaming or anything like that. So I've been very fortunate. Yeah. I guess now it's not, uh, um, it's just only a few incidences. Yeah. Of airplanes, but this, this, you know, with all of our like social media and like TikToks, and just makes me afraid to fly, not because of crashing. I just don't want, you know, to be on a plane with a crazy person. Right. That's what no. I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah. The knuckleheads. Yeah. I don't want to be on someone's TikTok. No. Or like that trend a few months back of like Christians, just breaking out into Christian songs uh, on the yeah. plane. Like, that sounds awful. Then I definitely would be the guy that opens the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like Harrison Ford and Air Force One. Like, Get off my plane. <laughs> Sick of these motherfucking Christians <laughs> on my motherfucking train, plane, automobile. <laughs> like I said, Homer opens the door and, and he's nearly sucked off 
in the aircraft. Mm-hmm. And he hangs on tight as the camera pans though out to reveal that they are in the air. Debris flies everywhere as Homer struggles to shut the plane door. Once the door is shut, Homer admits defeat, saying that uh, Mo is one. And Mo's ecstatic, bound to be the best man Marge has ever had, promising flowers and back rubs and uh, how was your day, dear? But Marge stops Mo, saying that uh, she doesn't love him, and she certainly is not going to leave Homer. <laughs> Mo takes pleasure where he can find it, and while Marge and Homer reunite. You mean I listen to all your touchy-feely yip-yap for nothing? I'm afraid so. At least I had a couple of sips from your Coke when you went to the bathroom. <laughs> Homie? Marge, I just want to say, if you ever feel like cheating on Mo, here's my card. Homer, I made a vow on our wedding day to stay by you, for better or worse. And besides, I love you. You're my homie, Romy, Romy, Domi. And you're my Margie, Wargie, Bargie, Fargie, Gargie, Margie, Targie, Largie. I may have dodged a bullet here. I like that uh, Homer is a plus-size butt model. <laughs> His uh, business card there. Yeah. I think if this episode was made today, I think Marge's reaction, because it was too, like, she was too nice. Mm-hmm. And I know this whole episode kind of deals with uh, emotional support friends and that sort of thing and how that can lead to something else. But I, I just wish the reaction Marge had was like, the fuck? Like, I want to say, yeah. what the fuck? You think I was actually going to leave you for Mo? What the fuck? You think just because we have a business together, I'm going to sleep with him? You're a fucking idiot. Both of you are pieces of shit. Right. Because also <laughs> Homer being like, oh, I guess I lost because, uh, yeah, like, it's like you don't him, get to choose. Yeah. It's like to him, oh, because a man and a woman work together, that means they're going to fall in love. And, you know, yeah, <sighs> it's just a dumb, dumb, like, like Martian has been just like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is a yeah. This is a very like sitcommy. Yeah. Um, like Fraser type premise. Oh, definitely, definitely. In the sunny beaches of Aruba, Mo sits in the sand, ready to face the fact that he'll never find anyone. He asks the tide to take him away, so he doesn't have to feel any more pain. Then a large wave crashes over him, and a manta ray clings to his face. So Homer and Marge walk up to Mo hand in hand. Marge tells Mo that she learned that what a sweet guy he could really be and that he could make a woman very happy someday. Mo asks if that's for uh, realsies, and Marge says sure, if he just, you know, shower and shave and start and stop swearing under his breath. Mo thanks Marge, and under his breath calls her a know-it-all bitch. Which I don't think they could probably get away with these days. I don't think so. It sounded so harsh to my ear, just like, yeah, know-it-all bitch. It's... Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah. Um, you know, but it does come true because he'll eventually meet Maya and they're mm-hmm. together. Like as of this record and canon wise, they haven't split up. They're still together. It's true. Uh Mo then mentions the hotel's mistake, and we find that Homer and Mo are in bed together. And Homer <laughs> warns Mo that uh he chews in his sleep, and Mo responds that uh he sweats blood. <laughs> <laughs> really gross. Uh, Marge yeah. then goes to sleep in a nearby sofa before she realizes that no one is watching the kids. Also, why is Marge <laughs> sleeping on the sofa? I mean, maybe that's a good like defiance. Like, I'm mad at both of you for being dumb. Right. I mean, really, Mo should be on the couch. But uh, I think that I think the most the the fairest way is Marge gets the entire bed, Homer gets <laughs> the couch, and Mo sleeps on the floor, or he sleeps in like a dumpster. Yeah. behind the, the motel because <laughs> that's a. Uh, 
That'd be perfect for him. You know, like I said, Marge is like, what are the kids are at? Which is a great, like, kind of like, in a way, a dig because, like, they could have easily just been like, ah, we don't need to wor- worry about Bart and Lisa because that happens in so many episodes. You don't see right. where the kids are at. But the fact she doesn't know. And uh, we go to see uh, Bart and Lisa on a balloon because he's entered them in a, a balloon race. Bart tells Lisa that uh, that's what uh, Homer and Marge wanted them to do. And as they roll, they soar over the city lights. Uh, credits begin to roll. And uh, we actually just get a, a post credit scene with Homer and Marge and Moe singing a cover of Captain Daniel's Love Will Keep Us Together. And uh, Moe tries to drown them out. I forget that was Captain Daniel. For some reason, I thought that was Elton John and they were doing Elton John and Kiki D. I'm like, <laughs> well, that doesn't make sense because he looks like more like. Right. But I forgot they've already had like a Captain Daniel joke. But he just looks like. <laughs> Elton John for some reason. I don't know. He does. Yeah. They're having fun. But it is. It's uh, Captain and Tennille. The captain was real dick, wasn't he? He was. and Not an actual it, captain. That's true. He was uh, He was only a lieutenant commander. Mm-hmm. But that just doesn't have the same. Yeah. Same allure as Lieutenant Captain and Tennille. <laughs> lieutenant Commander, Steve. Not oh, yeah. Lieutenant, lieutenant Commander. Yeah. But uh, he eventually did promote himself to, to Rear Admiral and Tennille. Found <laughs> <laughs> a whole new audience. <laughs> Well, Steve, uh, that was um, an episode. I think we should uh, take a little break, come back, and tell the audience what we really thought. And um, good. yeah, it does. All right, uh, we'll be right back. Love, love will keep us together. Take me, babe, whenever. Some sweet talking guy in a thong hands you a bomb. Don't take it. You just gotta be strong. You better stop. Cause I wanna stand. I said stop. Or maybe a man which. And we're back. Steve, let's wrap up this week's episode. Mommy Beerist, we'll talk about some of our favorite jokes, some scenes, gags, you know, maybe an MVJ or two. Then we'll wrap it up by how we uh, really felt about the episode, give it a ranking, find out where we're watching next week. But before we do all that, we like to give a little gift, something from this episode that says, I think my co-host would like this. So that's why, Steve, I thought of you. Hmm. I thought Steve needs some more privacy. You know, he's got a uh, a one bathroom house with got to share it with three other people. And I thought he needs his own space. So I'm having some professional plumbers and contractors coming out to install a ladder to your roof where you have your own toilet, your own roof toilet. Oh, boy. Just like your favorite Simpsons character and the one you can relate to the most, Mo. I'm Mo. <laughs> Sounds about right. I love it. Just so you can sit, look at all the people walking down the street while taking a number two. Yeah, I can like look at a bird sitting next to me and like, hey, I shit like you shit. <laughs> the bird's like, yeah, but why is yours also white? <laughs> I don't know. And why am I a talking bird? It's <laughs> a great gift, Craig. I really appreciate it. And uh, don't think I would short you out. So I got you two gifts. Wow. And they're both inspired by, uh, you know, your own desires to make your life better. So the first one is, uh, you know, you mentioned how much you'd love to be a health inspector. And I think you'd really excel at that job. So I got you a clipboard because they always have clipboards. And so you need a clipboard. So that's one gift. And then also I'm going to get you another vocational piece of uh, gift, piece of gift, another uh, thing. I'm going to give you a a, uh, I'm going to give you a gavel. So that way you can be in a bar making out with Lindsay Nagel, which I know you'd love. And you can just bang away all night long with that gavel. 
so I could bang away with Lindsay Nagel. Yeah. So you I get a it. clipboard and a gavel. I mean, I have a clipboard, but I think the one that you got me will be a lot nicer. It'll be an official health inspector is from it a, the uh, health code of health department of uh, Springfield. Yeah. Is it the cool clipboards that are metal that have like you can open it up and have papers in it? You know it. Awesome. Not those like crappy wood ones. No, no. You could probably even keep a thermometer in the <laughs> in the pocket there so you can uh, take your temps while you're like uh anal thermometer or I mean anything can be if you're okay. brave enough. Well, quite a bunch of fun gifts. And uh the gift to all of our listeners out there is um you get to uh <laughs> you get a a cuck clock with most face on it. Cuckold, <laughs> cuckold. <laughs> what are the, some of the scenes or jokes? Something that just made you laugh? Do you have an MVJ? It's only one line, but I'm going to give it to the little boy at the amusement park at Itchy and Scratchy Land who says, I want to go again, Daddy. Daddy? That's probably going to be my MVJ. A couple other things. I like the movie theater, um, all the, the fake movies that um, seem very reasonable. And of course, I think that for me, the cards trailer, probably one of the highlights of uh, this episode. Just, it was just really well done as to how bad some movies can be. Um, a couple other things that made me laugh were uh, in the beginning at the buffet when Homer pushes the oatmeal guy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fun. I think that there is some funny jokes in here, but maybe a little less co- cohesive altogether. But uh, what about you, Craig? Would you uh, do you have an MBJ? Hmm. I think I'm going to give it to Jack Nicholson. Nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, is Homer MBJ because he's just I mean, look, we got him to say jerk ass Homer finally. That's true. And also, I forgot to mention also his poem, his ode to Moe's, which is M is for Mo. The owner of Moe's. O is for the middle of Moe's. <laughs> and E is for acceptance. That's a that's a really good line. I know. I was almost going to say, I was going to say, Steve, S is for the beginning letter of your name. <laughs> T is for the second letter that begins with a T. E is for the E that is the first E in your name, Steve. But the V stands for Vendetta. <laughs> Vendetta. And the other E is for ecstasy. What? No. <laughs> Erectile dysfunction. I know that's two words. Or is it one word hyphenated? <laughs> it's never come up. Um, but I still think my favorite joke, the most like shock joke that I think we haven't seen yet is when Marge was telling, you know, Homer's like, how would you like it if I went to your mother's house with you? And mm. she's like, I'd love that. And he's like, you say, but but you don't. And he's like, that's because I hate her. <laughs> just, there's that, that tone. It was so funny. And yes, the Cars parody was hilarious. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the beginning of the brunch, it's, it's fun to see, uh, like the, the, the opening of the show and, and not being just like a whole beginning of gags. Mm-hmm. And it was fun how that, uh, the loan stuff or the mortgage played throughout the entire episode. And, uh, you know, I'll give it a little shout out to Wiggum too. Wiggum was great. Yeah. Uh, just with him coming in, witnessing the, the murder, <laughs> I guess not murder accident. Yeah. And, um, and then him in the sidecar helping Homer out in the end. So yeah, I, I still give it to to Homer. Of course, is is the the goat of MVJs, but uh, we'll give uh, Wiggum the pig of MVJs. <laughs> That's fair. Um, all in all, Steve, what would you uh, give this episode? Do you have a uh, <sighs> thoughts? Your final thoughts? Ah, uh, well, Craig, I think that this is it's an interesting episode because it is kind of deep in that pocket of when I was not necessarily watching The Simpsons. And I'm I'm really kind of torn because a lot of it is funny. 
like the, like we said the buffet stuff is really good um i really liked all the stuff with frankie um and the animation of the bar being so dark i thought that was good and i just feel like the mo being attracted to marge to the point where he'll screw over homer i feel like they've tried it a couple times and i don't love it when they go to that extreme because it kind of turns Mo into more of a cad, more of a villain than just a pathetic dirtbag. And I don't love that. And also, it just felt very, very tropey, very, uh, very kind of like just like a sitcom. But there were some fun parts. I think that the jokes were good. The story, maybe not so much. Is it a rewatch? Maybe. I think there's some fun to be had. It's probably not like on any list for me, but I think it was it was a good time. And so if I had to give this some sort of a numerical evaluation, uh, a standard deck of cards, uh, once you take out those wacky jokers and the how to play poker, uh, there's about 52 cards left. So I'm going to give this a 32 out of 52. What are your thoughts, Craig? So that's like a 61%, Steve. Yeah, okay. It's a D. Um, For a delightful episode. (laughs) Um, I think you hit it on the the head with the uh, it's a sitcom and <laughs> the Simpsons is a sitcom. Good job, Steve. Yeah. No, no, like this was like I kind of brought it up too. This was such the uh, a typical like sitcom episode, and we bring this up before. In fact, a few episodes ago, the Schwartzweller episode we reviewed. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot the title already. Uh, but how I talked about how it was just all tropes of sitcoms, and they're just kind of making fun of that sitcom. This one is like a genuine sitcom. Like you could take the script and give it to uh, a Boy Meets World, you know, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's mentioned Boy Meets World, and or uh, Everyone Loves Raymond, and you could do the same story. Oh yeah, and I, you know, I talk about like some of the negative things too. Like I, I, I like the scene with the t- the toilet, but I don't like the scene with the trombone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like Marge's like final reaction. I thought the reaction should have been harsher. And the harshest I guess we got was her making the the boys sleep together in the same bed. Mm-hmm. But I know I would have not liked this episode when it originally aired. But I think watching it now, I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think if it's on TV, I would watch it. I mean, just for you know, a lot of the, a lot of the gags work, but it is very sitcom-y. But I also like how the the Chekhov's phaser of the episode of the the mortgage you know pays off. Like a lot of times, like I have brought up the, the beginning of the Simpsons episodes, it leads them to the story, but a lot of the story that's happening never reflects onto like what's going to happen. Right. But this one definitely does, and I thought the. It was a great connective uh, story line throughout. And I forgot to mention, I loved the visual aspect of Moe's uh, new uh, English tavern. Oh, yeah. Just a fun, fun, like a bit of a direction and animation. Uh, and uh, uh, just the the decoration was great. They don't, uh, there's not a scene where like, uh, like it just goes back to being Moe's. Like there's no scene where it converts back to. That's true. Yeah. So that's a little weird. Like, why is it now Moe's? Like it was successful as the the, the British pub because now that's where I think the kind of episode like it ends with shouldn't that that Moe's pub still be the British thing was there a reason yeah. why and like does he revert it back to did it Maybe, make enough money did, I'm, I'm thinking money? that in a fit of depression because like they get back from Aruba and then you know obviously March isn't going to work there anymore I don't know how they figured out the payment for the mortgage. Which, which is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did Mo, that's what I'm saying. Did Moe make enough money as the British pub that he was able to pay Marge back? Do they own any of Moe's anymore? Maybe that's why he had to go back to old Moe's. He had to like sell the stuff and kind of demodel the remodel. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't put the toilet back on the roof. That's weird. No, uh, no. But they did pay for like a piano to come into the... Was there, there's never been a piano. Isn't that where the cigarette machine used to be? I think so, yeah. There's a piano. I need some money next over. 
Look, I thought it was darker too. I thought it should have been the whole time. There would be, should have been a great like end scene of like like ah like they could have had like a um a scene where like Mo just explains it like wow but Boz back to the way it was. We paid off. You know, I got exactly what I wanted. And like like what do you mean you got exactly what I wanted? And it's like this is all staged because the health inspector for years I wanted him dead because he kept beating me up <laughs> as a kid. So I planned everything <laughs> to murder him. I finally won. <laughs> The prestige. Like, my father would be so proud <laughs> that he won the final fight. <laughs> that would have made it a darker turn. That's all. It would have been a fun, like, you gave the little punch up. There's my punch up. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Look, if I gave this a uh, a ranking, we talk about the uh, the Moe's pub and got me to thinking, like, what's the oldest uh, pub or bar in America? And it's the uh, Rhode Island White Horse Tavern, which opened in 1673. Wow. And uh, I believe it's still open at this date. So out of 1,673, I'll give this episode a uh, 1,437. Okay. What does that work out to, Mab, percentage-wise? I don't know. Okay. I, didn't, I don't even remember what I gave the ranking. What did I say? I don't remember. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for listening, Steve. <laughs> Uh, it was like 1,437. Yeah. By, by, uh, yeah. It's at 85%. Okay. So not bad. Yeah. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> I'll give it a low, a low, a low. I'll give it a C. It's a C. Okay. That's fair. But it's, it, look, it, it it brought some of the funny things that we as Simpsons fans like, and that's the term jerk-ass homer. So it's that's official true. now. Um, And you're at the kid. Tress as the kid, the, the some very dark jokes in it. You forgot the suicide hotline. That, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's fun. But there's there's some a lot of fun. I think it's just the premise where like the premise is so sick commie. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's my biggest issue. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, as long as that's the biggest issue you have with your life, then you have a good life, Steve. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should find out what issue we're going to read next. Nope. But let's not read the issue. Let's watch the episode. <laughs> All right. Simpsons comics. <laughs> That'll be for a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> I loved uh, the third panel of the fourth page, Steve. That, that oh, man. Well done. <laughs> that commercial for, I mean, that ad for Charleston Shoe. Hilarious. Uh, but no, let's find out what we're watching next week. And to do that, we're going to need the Wheel of Random. So, Steve, let's bust out the old wheel. All right. Uh, what season we're in. We have season 24. Season 24. And now let's find out what episode we're going to watch. All right, we got episode four. Season 24, episode four. Steve, what do you think the title is? Season 24, episode four. Huh. Season 24, so that's like early... 2010, 11, 12, around there. Uh, 2012. Uh, oh, Steve, okay. happy birthday. An oh. original air date was November 11th, 2012. Hey, that's my 31st birthday. Ouch. Um, let's see. 2012, it's November. The leaves are falling. The October Classic is just over because it's now November. <laughs> uh, the production code was PABF16. Oh, okay. Okay. 16. Abe Lincoln was the 16th president, Honest Abe, Top Hat, Mad Hatter, Alice in Wonderland, Cheshire Cat, Hat, Cat Stevens, I'm Steve, it was my birthday, birthday boy, boy, howdy, howdy, duty, Krusty the Clown, Clown of the Year is the title of the episode. Look, if you would have just stopped at the 16th president, you would have been closer because it's actually called Gone, A.B. Gone. Damn. <laughs> yeah. 
you can start with Abe and figure it out from there, Steve. Ah, well, gone, Abe, gone. I'm going to say that, uh, well, my my original pitch was that Homer becomes obsessed with Abe Lincoln until, like, somebody steals the statue from the museum and he has to catch it. But it's probably about <laughs> Abe Simpson, his grandpa. There you go. Um, Were you saying that someone stole the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah. And, like, was it Carmen oh. San Diego? <laughs> Hello, gumshoes. Um, and yeah, only Homer can find it. Um, no, I'm gonna say that Homer and gets like tired as and is cruel to grandpa. So grandpa runs away, goes on a road trip across the country, and Homer and Marge have to find him. And the B plot is Lisa becomes uh, she gets really into uh social media, like probably at the time, uh, Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. So when Grandpa escapes from retirement home, Homer and Marge frantically try to track him down by following clues that seek, reveal secrets in Grandpa's past, including that he worked at a local restaurant with composer Marvin Hamlish and met and fell in love with the restaurant singer Rita LaFleur. Meanwhile, Lisa, Lisa, you're getting close on the, the other one, though. <laughs> it is kind of social media. Lisa tries her hand at online poker, <laughs> getting tips uh, from experts, including Sam Simon's then wife, Jennifer Tilly. But it's soon... <laughs> Gambling with uh, her college fund. Weird. Okay. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of close. I mean, I said that Homer or that Grandpa ran away. Ah, okay. Um. Do you have any memory of this episode? I'm assuming you're like, it's my birthday. I'm gonna watch The Simpsons. That's normally what I am. I am like, but I don't remember this one. I feel like early in the days we had another episode that sounds like that title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's another play on like Gone Baby Gone. Right. And so I thought when you said the title that we had already done it, but. The story does not sound familiar to me at all. And Steve, I would know if we have repeated an episode, which the Wheel of Random, thankfully, has never repeated once. I mean, that's why it's that such a good possible. entity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the episode you're thinking of is uh, The Sweetest of Pooh. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah. There's an episode called Gone, Maggie Gone. And then there's also Million Dollar AB. That was and... probably the episode you're thinking of Million Dollar yeah, AB. I Very think so. much into the supposed to be like Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. All right. right. Uh, this episode, Gone, A.B. Gone, was written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Na Matthew Nastuck. Oh. Yeah, like I said, we got Jennifer Tilly, Marvin Hamlish, <coughs> Annika no uh, Noni Rose. And uh, yeah, those are, those are our friends from this episode. Oh, boy. I, I look forward to hanging out with them. I do, too. Steve, maybe we can get uh, Jennifer Tilly on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We don't care about your career. Just tell us about your dead husband. <laughs> Jesus. And Chucky. He, yeah, that's all I want to hear about. Is he cool in real life? <laughs> like, he seems like probably he's nice in real life. Probably, yeah. She'll be like, I'm sorry. I can't do a Jennifer Tilly <laughs> And she'll tell us all about uh, Chucky season three. There you go. And if we can't get her, we'll get Marvin Hamlish. <laughs> he died in August 6, 2012. So this episode aired posthumously then. Yeah. Wow. Do you think they have like a dedicated to Marvin Hamlish after this episode? I would assume so. All right. We won't know until we watch the episode. So what we need to do, Steve, mm -hmm. is we need to get off our little butts and go to our streaming apps or DVDs. What's these? 24? No, there's no DVD. Just do the streaming apps and we'll watch this episode and we'll talk about it next week. And you do the same, listeners. Watch it. And listen to us. Talk about it. Also, if you want to, contact us on social medias like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at 13 Simpsons. And you can always email us at 13 Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're so kind, go to your uh, podcasting app, leave us a voicemail, say whatever you want, ask a question. 
But hey, while you're there, leave a review. Leave us five stars of the equivalent. And you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us, uh, you know, what uh, co-worker do you pine after for sexually? Jesus. And uh, hey, check out our T Public site, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. And leave us a voicemail. Go to the podcasting app or to anchor.fm slash 138simpsons. And there'll be a little button that says leave a voicemail. You click on that, drop us a line. We'll put it on the air. Let us know whatever you want to tell us. And thanks so much for listening. For this week, I've been annoyed grunt boy Craig. And I've been annoyed grunt boy Steve. And remember, I could have written a symphony or been Shakespeare. I wish you could live in me forever. <laughs> <laughs>